Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do? The podcast where I, your host, Detter Dennis Maller, speak with artists and entertainers about their day job. And we are continuing with Music Month, week two, episode two of Music Month, with my good friend, the drummer for CJ Ramon, and the Huntington's, Chris Eller. Chris Eller and I actually met uh, when I was in Baltimore. He was in a band called The Rockvilles. Uh, this was back in my early 20s when I was doing a internet local music radio show for my college. And I came across their band. I actually probably knew them before that. Maybe I knew them when I was managing bands. Or I knew them from the because sh- uh, I had them on the show. One of the two. I don't remember. <laughs> That's how long it's been. We even talked about how long it's, it's been a while since we've talked. And we talk, we're both slightly foggy on when we met each other. But he is on tour with CJ Ramon uh, at the time of the interview. He's off tour right now. And he's going to start a U.S. tour with CJ next month. And we get into how he joined CJ's band. And at the end of the podcast, we do a quick phone to catch up on everything because they had some troubles on the tour. So at the end of the podcast is a quick phone call between me and Chris just going through all the things that happened on the tour because I didn't want to I didn't want to get half the story. I wanted to wait until the tour's done, get all of the uh, thing, bad things that happened. I, they're fine. Everything, you know, they had to miss some shows, breakdowns, stuff like that. Chris will go through all that because it's some good, interesting stuff. We'll do that on the phone at the end of the podcast. Oh, by the way. Uh, if I sound slightly hoarse or hungover, uh, it's probably because we had a comedy porch yesterday. Or comedy porch. Uh, we did a comedy cookout here at my place yesterday. And it went great. And I drank for 14 hours. So I woke up a little bit dehydrated today. <laughs> it was a good time. It was actually a little, it was warm. It was in the 90s yesterday. But I, my roommate, Jesse, and I hooked up a couple of fans in the yard to try and Create a nice breeze, keep it cool. Uh, the comedians are great. Everyone who came out, thank you so much for coming to the Comedy Cookout. If you came out and you're listening to this, thank you so much. Appreciate it. It was a great time. We all had fun, good food, great comedy. I really enjoy doing these comedy cookouts. You know, it's I, I I get it's a lot of work to get into, and like, yeah, every show is a lot of work. And you're only doing it monthly, but you know, I when I do a show at a bar, I don't have to clean the bar. Yeah, I got to move some tables maybe to set set up a stage area and put up a PA, but I have to clean my whole house. I have to clean my yard. I have to mow the lawn. Got to, I had to, got to use the new lawnmower. That was exciting uh, because it wasn't working when I first took it out of the box a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and then luckily I got it started and running. I think it was a gas issue. I think I, uh, I put some fuel stabilizer in the gas tank before the gas and I just needed to really just shake up that gas and make sure that engine was pulling gasoline and not just fuel stabilizer. I think that was the problem. I don't know. It seemed to work after I started it all up, but the lawnmower works now. But it's also a side uh, discharge lawnmower. It doesn't have a bag, so it just blows the clippings right back into the lawn, which you now I have to sweep. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, but you know it also doubles as a now it doubles as a um, leaf blower. That's what I can do with it now. Actually, yeah, don't even sweep. Just use the side discharge air coming out just to blow, continuously keep blowing the grass clippings. Uh, welcome to Lawn Talk with Dead Air Dennis. I know a lot about lawns, by the way. I will say that. I worked at Home Depot in the garden department for a number of years while I was in college. And I've forgotten more about flowers than most pe- and landscaping than most people will ever know their entire lives. And it's weird one of those things that I that, – that's one of those things that come out of me occasionally and people are confused. Like, why, why do you know the name of those – Flowers. They're, they're not just flowers. They're begonias. Why do you know this, Dennis? So, 
I enjoy landscaping. I enjoy making my lawn look good. That's one reason I like doing the shows. People can come over. We can have a nice lawn party. Yeah, we got a nice tree in the yard. I want to. Anyway, but it was a good time. Everybody was great. We're gonna do one more in August. We might do one in September too. So if you're in the New England area, um, and you see the tweets at Dead or Dennis about the comedy cookout, feel free to come on by. It's just me showing off my funny friends for my other friends. That's really all it's about. Really glad having Chris uh, back to the podcast. Really glad having Chris in here on the on the thing. He actually had, was this was the first mobile setup. This was the first time getting out of the studio to go record with somebody. So there was a small chance that it was not going to work. But luckily it did. I, you know, I got all my ducks in a line. I knew it was going to work out. Uh, we did it at Once Lounge where CJ and them were performing. Great venue here in Boston. Uh, it's basically a, like, a, what would you call it? A dining hall with an upstairs lounge that do punk and metal shows. The fantastic space. Uh, I mentioned on the podcast that I've been there before. And I love it. It's a really nice place. Oh, this is a bit of an important uh, – on the podcast, Chris and I were talking about the owner of One's Lounge, uh, J.J. Gonson. I couldn't remember her name uh, or she who was associated with. She used to date Elliot Smith. That's who I was thinking of. So we're going to get at that in a few minutes. So ahead of time, J.J. Gonson, Elliot Smith, those are the names I was trying to come up with on the spot. Elliot Smith was a uh, singer-songwriter, passed away in 2003. Kind of a famous, you know, if you're into the indie singer-songwriter folk, slightly punk movement, like – you, if you know who Elliot Smith is, you know. If you don't, eh, he's good. Get some good stuff. Feel free to look it up. But also look up, if you're going to, after this podcast, going to go look up music, go ahead, listen, uh, look up some Elliot Smith. You never heard him. Also look up CJ Rohn. He has a few of his uh, own um, original music that he that he wrote. So he used to play with the Ramones, hence the name, obviously. And then when he goes on tours, he does do a lot of Ramones songs. It's good stuff. He has that, that thick New York Queens accent, man. <laughs> it's so funny to listen to when I at the show talk, listen to talk between songs. It's just like, oh, wow, that is that that accents. That is that is typical Queens accent. It's great. But yeah, check out uh, Chris's band, The Huntington, currently, if you're going to go out there and look for music also. Enjoy this episode of the podcast with moving man drummer Chris Eller. How was sound check? Good. Sounds good down there. Yeah, I haven't. I've been up here because we did a comedy show up here, but I have not been to the ballroom. It was funny. I've only looked at it through the window and go, "Oh, that is really big we and very fancy for punk and metal shows." We get here and on our laminate it says One Lounge. So we walk in and the guy's like, "Yeah, you guys are playing Lounge." And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, it's upstairs." So we get up here and we're half set up. And I guess the sound guy comes in. He's like, "What are you guys doing up here?" And we're like, "Oh, we're downstairs." So we had, we literally, we had, all, we had everything lined up, ready to go. And the sound guy was like, oh, "You guys are down in the ballroom." I'm like, okay. Yeah, the ballroom. It's ran by. Uh, this whole place is ran by, uh, from the way I understand it, um, someone who she owns. The woman who owns this place was a friend of a famous musician whose name I can't remember right now. Oh yeah. Um somebody who's basically like all connected to the to the uh like the Seattle scene, somebody who recently died a few years ago. And I remember reading all about it and going, okay, I knew the guy's name when when that when when I was reading about it and now for the life of me can't remember his name. But <laughs> how's the rest of the tour been going? Uh hit or miss. It's like it's kind of um we're either playing in front of 
kind of Well, this is the second tour you've done with him, right? Because yeah. I saw it the first time, and you were in Boston last time as well. No, 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 no. No, you guys didn't come to Boston? We okay. Because um, I thought you had, you did, and I missed it, and I was like, oh. We did a set, or we did a tour in uh, Europe. It was our first tour with CJ. Oh, okay. We did some local stuff. Okay. We did some stuff down in Baltimore, like Crofton area. Okay. And then we did a show out in Ocean City. Yeah, because I definitely remember there was a European leg of the tour. Yeah. I remember seeing all that because yeah, that did, looked we did Europe, crazy and fun. And we're doing Europe again in August. We'll be out like all of August in Europe. Pretty much hitting everywhere we didn't hit last time. <laughs> we're looking forward to that. We're going to Scandinavia and do a whole bunch of festivals out there with like the Descendants and No Effects and stuff. So like. Uh, That'd be cool. To me, if we're talking to that mic real quick, make sure. Check. That... Hey, check, check, check. Hey, hey, yeah, hey. Yeah, give you a little more volume on that. Uh, well, no, I want that as a mic, not a whining. But so, go ahead now, talking to that. Hello, check, check, check. Hey, Much hey, better hey, level. Hey, hey. Much better. Excellent. Singleton, holy fuck. Oh, dude, <laughs> this, is, this laptop has become my old school That's stickers. Awesome, sticker uh, I used to live with Chad house. Wells. Oh, I, Chad? yes, of course. I still follow Chad on there. His his restaurant business is doing he's like amazingly well. Super celebrity now, like around town, especially with the rockfish stuff, because that's kind of a no. That's his snakehead. Yes, snakehead. Snake he was like the um, first one to like really dice them up and sell them. And yeah, plus everybody wants to kill those things anyway because they're 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 yeah. what, why don't they like fish fish with legs, right? No, I think they just like crawled around. I don't know. I don't know how they. I think they just kind of like slugged around land. Okay. And yeah, but they could they could exist out on land for however long. It was weird. Yeah, they they're able to but they're like to a, breathe on land as like well. They're like a Chinese delicacy. Oh, are they? So that's why they that's why when they found them, they found them in a pond. Yeah, um, they don't belong in America. no no. They don't belong really in America. Yeah, in America. <laughs> Let Donald Trump take care of the snakehead population. Send them back. Yeah, I'm still figuring out these new. Windscreens. Nice <laughs> no, yeah, this is not bad. I actually just I had to rip things apart from my my real studio to bring it here. Right. Um, Are you still doing the news thing? Are you? Still I'm still doing the traffic reports and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, How's that working out for you? Eh, it pays some bills. It pays some bills. <laughs> <laughs> it pays me more than comedy, which is zero. Yeah. Well, uh, oh yeah. No, there's no. Well, just like playing in a local band, there's no money to be, to be made. This thing's going to keep falling down. Yeah. All right. Isn't Fuck it. Cool? Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll hold it up. How about that? Oh, you don't have to even worry about it. Okay. I have. I had. I bought extra ones. Oh, um, gotcha. I have two in the studio now, and I have two mics at home that I replaced with these mics with. Because gotcha. these are instrument mics, but they're still condensers, and they sound amazing. Do they? Oh, yeah. They sound fucking fantastic. Cool. Uh, but I replaced them with two other mics that sounded pretty – that sound pretty good as well. Sweet. So – So yeah, so yeah. Um, take a little shot, real quick. Yeah, do that. I, that's the one thing I keep forgetting to do with guests is to take pictures with them, so I have something to post when I do it. Yeah. Here, hold your your yours up, so it looks like we're taking pictures of each other. There we go. Perfect. How's that? <laughs> Friggin' dorks. I know. By the way, I've come a long way from having my own studio at school that I could do whatever I want with I, when I want to putting like pl- uh, putting extra spare parts together to make a podcast today at home that I could rip apart right. to take with me right. when I need to go record on the, on the go. Gotcha. Uh, it's yeah, this is the, you know, when you're in radio, you have all the, the, the beautiful equipment and, and stuff. Yep. And then when you're podcasting, you're 
essentially doing this out of your own basement. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's good. It's cool, though. I mean, everybody's doing them, so it's like it's kind of the new That's way what held of me back. broadcasting. That's what held me back from doing it for the longest time because I just started this six months ago. Did you? Uh, and I didn't want to just be some other person with the podcast. I right. wanted a point, which, and I didn't bring it up, but we'll get to it in the podcast. The, the point of my podcast is I talk to artists and entertainers about our day jobs. Oh, <laughs> Cool. So, because we're all hustling during sure. day and working at night. Absolutely. And even in a band where you have to go on tour like yeah. this, yep. you have to take time off of a job yeah. to do that, which yeah. some bands can do, some be- people can't. But since we just started talking that out, what are you doing at, at home during the are day when you're not with the band? Yeah. Oh, we've been recording since, you st- since uh, after really? you dropped the N-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, I, yeah, there, there, there's the no. part of the podcast everyone's like, did he really drop an N-bomb? Or is Dennis just kidding? He's no, a comedian. No. Of course he's comedian. This is a soft A. Um, it not, well, actually I got a job basically like every musician, you know, you, you work to play music. Of course. You know what I mean? So I was lucky enough. I work in an industry. I work in like commercial and residential moving, you know what I mean? So, um, the work sucks. It's terrible, but the turnover in shape to throw those sticks around. Sure. Well, the turnover rate in that industry is like, there's just people come and work for a week they hate it and they quit and then new batch comes through. So I just kind of have a natural hard work ethic. So, you know, I kind of made it impossible for my manager to be like, Oh, you want to go on tour for a month? Sorry. You don't have a job when you come back. Like, yeah, you because know, that, it's such a turnover business. So uh, they, anybody, even if you're gone for a month, they know you're getting, you're coming back. Yeah. 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 And they, they gave me a, they gave me a, um, uh, they gave me a promotion right before I left. <laughs> and uh and they knew you were leaving and too, right? well they kind of loosely knew i was leaving like some of the guys <laughs> knew i was leaving the guys that were giving me the promotion didn't Did know not. i was really leaving so i was like well i was like you know what i gotta talk to you about that if uh this is the case then this is what i'm doing and if it's gonna be a problem then you know i'm just gonna keep you know i'll be out in the field i'll be working with the with the guys on the trucks and they said, you know, I just, like I said, I kind of made myself like invaluable. Like they need me in there. So, you know, all the hard work and all the, you know, 13, 14, 15 hour days, it all kind of the reward is being able to come out and, you go know, on go on tour for, for a month and then come home for a month and then go back out on tour for a month and then kind of sporadically here and there kind of, you know, go around and, and play, you know, handfuls of local shows here and there and, you know, kind of. You know. well, with moving the moving business, is it mostly weekends that you have to work? No, I work. Well, I work when I'm home. I'm working six days a week. I'm off on Sundays. Because okay. um, I figure most people, whether they're paying somebody to move or not, are probably moving on the weekends. Yeah, well, that's our busy time. Yeah, yeah. sure. But I mean, you'd be surprised, especially in the summertime. Like these two tours, kind of really like came at the, not a bad time but like for them it came at a bad time because that's their busy season everybody waits for their kids to get out of school blah 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 they want you know the most amount of time to play with and summertime is usually when everybody thinks it's a good time to to make the move and whatever so yeah, you make that move and then they have two months to make friends before they start school if you're talking a exactly. kid situation yeah or- and that's most of the time so it's just 
you know, it didn't come at the best time, it'd be much easier for them to say, yeah, have fun, go do your thing if it was in February, you know, when yeah. we don't have any work really. So, but yeah, because nobody wants to move, but yeah, in, in, in three feet of snow, right? But you know, or if you're I, Boston, six feet of snow, six feet of snow, and Baltimore, too. Baltimore, oh, no, dude, you guys got more snow the first year right. I lived here in Boston than we got in Boston. Ah, uh, so you thought you were off the hook. I, uh, well, I moved up here, <laughs> and then well, the past I, couple of years, you're like, I moved oh, up no. here because I, the joke was, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't snow enough in Baltimore for me, right. and then Baltimore got more snow than yeah, we did, yeah, we and got, then the year after, we got the most amount of snow that Boston has ever had in like 40 years, dude. We got punished the past. Uh, was it this past winter? Every, you know, now everything is, it's just super cold. It's not snowing. It's just super, super, super cold. Yeah. It's always had that wind chill because uh, of the, being in the water. It's unbelievable. And then we go down to, um, we just played in, um, St. Pete, um, a few, like a week St. ago, St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Florida? Florida. Okay. And I'm like. You know, that, I, that sounds like the logical shortening dude, of St. Peter's. St. Pete. St. Pete. St. Pete. Um, <laughs> Street Pete. But I went down there, and my girlfriend came down, and we, so I spent a few days with my girlfriend. And um, Which, by the way, congratulations. Oh, I've seen the pictures. Thank you very much. Good She's, job, sir. She, she, that's another thing. You know, people way, t- just saying good pi- good, just <laughs> seeing the pictures and going... Good job. I'm sure she also has a sparkling personality, which is also a win. She's a she's a home run. She's an absolute home run. She's a treasure. Do you need help opening that PBR? No, 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 no. I'm trying to. I thought you kept trying to open. No, 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 no. I need a real man to open it. Um, (laughs) We'll find one because. But no, it was funny because we went down there. We're we both we both hate the winter so much. And then next thing I know, I'm you know uh, laying in the hotel room and I get a text with all these different links to these real estate agents down in Florida and all these like different uh, listings of all these houses in St. Pete. And I'm like, I'm like, that might be a move (laughs) down the road. I'm like, you know, I called her up and I'm like, God, that looks so good. I'm like, let's go ahead and, you know, follow this away. Dude, the real estate, um, real estate market down here or down in Florida is insane. It's insane. Like, you could, the you houses could put the she was showing me Florida was, together, and that's that. Dude, you stop the sentence there. We were looking at beautiful homes for like one hundred fifty-eight thousand. What? And I'm like, yeah. What I'm part like, of, of St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg, like Tampa like, Bay area. Okay, it's insane. It's crazy. Florida's huge, so I'm not sure what is that. St. Pete is, or is that uh, it's like Central Gulf Side. Central Gulf Side. Okay. Yeah. So nobody yeah. wants to live that close to Mexico. Yeah, it's like four hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no, it's like four hours from Miami. I think I could be wrong. And if people from Florida yeah, four or five it, hours, okay, oh, they'll probably complain. It's not far from Miami. It's not far from Miami. Um, it's not f- too far from Orlando. Um, it's just perfect. Like we had such a good time there. Great show, great punk rock scene too. So it kind of has everything. I'm like, it's yeah, fantastic. the punk rock scene has moved out of the major cities, like. Richmond, I don't know if Richmond does, but for the longest time, Richmond had a great punk rock scene. We um, played in Richmond the other night, and actually, our Richmond show the other night was one of the best of the tour. It, granted, it was a free show, but it was on like a it was on like a Wednesday night or Tuesday. I forget what night of the week it was. Um, I think it was a Tuesday, but it was a free show, and the place was packed. Um, and it was like at a burrito lounge, like a place that you would never really go see a punk show and put the, they clear the dining room out set us up and the room was packed good energy so punk rock still alive in richmond it's 
it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a cool it's spot. It's still live in the RVA. It's still yeah. Do people I, use that expression, or did I just make that in up? the RVA? Yeah, RVA, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, RVA. absolutely. I think that's totally totally their thing. I and do. if it's not your thing, and you're listening in Richmond, Virginia, tweet at me at Dead or Dennis and tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> or if I'm right, you can still tweet at me. Well, I still I still say R. We we were saying RVA the whole time. So, okay, you know, the river. Yeah, river, <laughs> river. Oh man, love it. So. Are the day, now that you're on tour, do the days kind of just blur together? I don't know. Like, I don't even know what day it is now. I, uh, it's today's fu- a Sunday. Today's Sunday. Um, yeah, everything's kind of like I said. We played in St. Pete a week ago. Sometime I, I don't even know. It might be two weeks ago. I have no. Idea. It's it's kind of funny. You wake up in a different city every day, and you know it's just you don't know what day it is, and you don't know what time it is. You don't know. We slept in a place. I didn't know where what state we were in this morning until I looked at my Google maps, I woke up and we were in right outside of Waterbury, Connecticut. I had no idea what state we were in, let alone what like city we were in. So, but it's cool. It's kind of like you're just doing your own thing. No worries. You just kind of going out there and I like it that way personally. Yeah. It is one of those things that when we were younger in bands going, man, wouldn't it be great if we went on tour and then would wake up and not know what city we were in every day and just play music. And then you do it and you're like, yeah, I don't know how much fun this really is now, but it's you're tr- still like you still have that dream in your head. It's like, dude, at least I'm playing music and that's all that matters. Yeah. But th- I'm sure on the inside of your head a little bit, you're like, it's a little bit freaky waking up and not knowing where you're living yeah. in a suitcase. Well, you know? you know, I'm not 18 anymore, so yeah, you know, it's kind of, you, you know, it's it's definitely a change. But you know, we have we have a really professional kind of setup here, so it's like we are in hotels every night. We're not sleeping in vans. We're not crashing on people's couches. We're not sleeping on people's floors and stuff. Um, so yeah, at 35, I don't want to be doing that anymore. It's brutal. But I missed my opportunity to do that yeah. like a lot. Like yeah. we did it a few times mm-hmm. with, with, with the bands that I was managing. Right. Um, and I did it a few times just, just goofing around. Now right. at 35, I'm like, oh, dude, I will go to – like here's a great example of this. I was supposed to do a show at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. It's a Indian reservation. There's a comedy club down there. Right, right. Um, the show was on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and like eight o'clock, something like that. So this is the way I looked it up. I looked up with it. It was a showcase. There was like ten comedians on it, like uh, one from from like the New Hampshire line, one from Boston, and then one from like between here and there. Okay. That I knew. There was three guys on it that I knew. And one of them was from – anyway, it doesn't matter where they are from. <laughs> so I looked it up, and I, I don't have a car anymore. So I had to figure out how I'm going to get to Connecticut for this show. So I looked up bus schedules, and I found out there's a bus that leaves – just you know, an old people's casino bus that sure. leaves South Station here in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at like 7 in the morning, goes to the casino, and then returns at 4.30 in the afternoon. Right. So I called him up to ask what the deal with it was and if I could take it that morning and then take the return home the next day. Okay. So I would go down, do the show. Makes sense. Go down there, get there under 9 o'clock, hang around the casino. There's a there's a, a, an Indian museum. I could go check that out, hang out, do the show, then spend all night and all next day there until, <laughs> until 4.30 the next day and take the bus back home. And I did this, and I was I, I didn't do this. I was thinking about doing this, and I the only other comedian that was on the show that I knew that lived in Boston, because I didn't want to bother with the guys who, to come to Boston to get me to go to Connecticut because right. it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Right. I asked him, I was like, hey, look, here's the plan. This will be a, a, a fantastic, epic adventure. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do this with me? Like, right, we'll spend right, 36 right. hours right. In, 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 at a casino there just throwing, throwing caution to the wind. Yep. And he goes, 
Or I'll just drive us. Like, yeah. <laughs> or I can just do that, and it'll be easier, and we'll be responsible, and we'll get back at a reasonable time. Right. Yeah, and we did that, yeah. and we had Wendy's <laughs> on the way back home. <laughs> that was, yeah. And it was a good show, and we had fun. But there's a still part of me at 35 that, that f- thinks about how much fun that would be, just boozing around a casino. Yeah. With another comedian yeah. for 36 hours yeah. because we don't want to pay for a hotel and we right. don't want to drive to and from. We yeah. want to have a crazy adventure. And then at, also at 35 going, ugh, that sounds so much work. Right, right. Like I need a nap and I don't want to waste the vacation day. You know, I was thinking like uh, just uh, a few nights ago, I was talking to the guys about like what we used to do. And, you know, punk rock is kind of... Uh, it's kind of one of those things where you have to you have to deal with all the BS that comes along with being in a local punk band and not getting any respect and not doing this, doing that, and just kind of having to rough it on the road. And looking back at some of the tours that we did, like our first tour that we ever did, we didn't have merch. We had no merch. We're like, Which how is are where we gonna, most of the money comes? Yeah, from. we're like, how are we going to do this? Like our guarantee, we didn't. Well, we didn't have a guarantee. One night we were in Connecticut. Actually, we got paid in scissorp. Do you remember Scissor? <laughs> we got paid in a case of Scissor. He's like, I don't have any money to give you guys, but if you guys want this case of Scissor, I'm not going to sell it. So if you guys want it, that's how we got paid one night. Oh, dude, I, I've we just totally owners. went out. We went out with to- like just total blindfolds on. We're like, how are we going to make this work? Let's just have a good attitude. We'll go out. We'll, you know, we'll the just, power of positive thinking. Oh, my gosh. And halfway through, and it was only like a two-week tour, but the fact that we literally we had – Really, no game plan for how we're gonna. How are we gonna make any money? What a tip jar. That's how we made money. How much do you make a tip in, in tips a night? Put out a thing. You might get twenty bucks, maybe. Yeah, and that'll cover gas maybe halfway. It won't even check. cover gas. It'll barely cover gas. I mean, yeah. it'll give you a half a tank. Now, granted, this is like fifteen years ago, so gas was cheaper, or whatever, and you could get more for your dollar back then. But by the way, this was Rockville's, yeah, or Huntington's. Yeah, no, Rockville's. Rockville's yeah, yeah, fifteen years ago. That's about yeah. that right time. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. doing the math in my head here. Wait, how old were we? I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've only been in Huntington's for about a year, so. Oh, okay. uh, Because I remember the name. Relatively new. Weren't they? Are you? Are are they new or are you new? to them? No, I'm new to them. They've been they've been a band since '95. Okay, okay. So Um, I've definitely known their name. Yeah, and they used to be a full time touring band. Now we just kind of, we kind of do what you know. Whatever, whatever comes along. If it's good, if we can all make it work. Two of the guys, actually, Josh, who plays with me, uh, with CJ, he's in the Huntingtons, and then Mike and Cliff back home. They've got their family men now, so you know they're you know touring lives. You know, kind of they're in touring retirement, but we still get together and play shows. We played in Richmond like the night before I came out and started this tour. We played in in the RVA. RVA. Uh, We played in River, and that was a cool show. Um, so we're still doing, you know, we're still active, but that's definitely, that's still even, uh, I mean, compared to what I used to do, that is like, you know, a fully super duper professional band when it comes to, you know, playing shows and getting everything set up, dealing with promoters, dealing with guarantees, dealing with buyouts or, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. Back well, then, I mean, like back you, then, yeah, I mean, you really, you gotta, you gotta you, cut you gotta your be teeth. In a lot of shitty you, bands before you start figuring out you, how to do things. You right. gotta cut your teeth, and that's why I tell people back home, and they're like, "Man, you're so lucky." Like, you know, I, I kind of get like flack. I, I kind of feel like it's flack from, you know, other local musicians who are like, you know, m- more talented than I am. I mean, I'm not. My ego is not big enough to say that there's guys back home that should be out here, but I right place, right time. And um, 
you know, but I've cut my teeth in this in this scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've I've played in front of nobody before. I've done it for ten years before I got this gig. So it's like, or fifteen years, whatever it was. So. You know, you got the bands I've worked with. uh, The only people watching the show is me. Right. Like I, yeah, I've been there. We played on that. Do comedy for nobody. On that tour that I was just telling you about when we had no merch or anything, we played in upstate New York and did not have a single pane kid come to the show. You just played for the other bands. We didn't even play the, the, we played like, it was like this little record shop and, and uh, there was a, there was a school somewhere. I don't even remember. I mean, it was so forgettable, but it's kind of, you remember it for all the wrong reasons. There was literally no one there. And um, so, the, again, we got paid in records that night. We got paid. <laughs> it was funny because I was telling Store you. Credit. I was telling you. Uh, I was with Chad Wells was in, was in the band. Chad Wells was on this tour. and it was, when, when that was happening, was Chad playing bass with you guys? Chad was playing guitar. Okay. Kurt from Singleton was playing bass okay and then it was robbie on guitar and vocals me on drums right. but we ended up how we got paid and just chad drop our chad, old friends yeah 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 chad will <laughs> laugh at this because it's kind of funny Kurt in a long yeah time. yeah wow. good dude I, mean, I still see I, I still occasionally will message back and forth with chad here yep. every once in a while but yep. uh and he it pops up in my feed and stuff but right, God, right. i haven't thought about kurt singleton or um cameron cameron so- cameron's thing Bless his heart. I don't know what's going on. I don't there. know either. He's, I hope he's oh, good. Oh, I see him. He's in and out of it. Uh, it seems like he's in and out of some uh, some facilities. I don't know if it's mental or drugs yet. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't go too deep into it. I don't I know. I kind of just stick away because I know him and his wife, Dina, are having problems in and out. And I've, yeah. I used to work with her. Right. After I knew him and then they met. Yeah. It was just. Yeah, I um, I, I, I I need to sit down one day and just map out how I know every single person. I was, I was tighter <laughs> with Kurt and Chad. Um, and then so because Chad I kind of came, I kind of became friend friendly, real friendly with Chad, uh, when Singleton was kind of on its way out, like when they were kind of on their last leg, I became friendly with Chad. And then that was kind of a, a nasty breakup, I think. Um, so Cameron was never really in the picture. Like I, you know, Chad and, uh, eventually Kurt, I became real friendly with Kurt and, um, again, was in a band with both those guys for a while. And, um, so Cameron was kind of, you know, in and out, and I'd hear yeah. stories and stuff. I hope the guy's all right. I don't know him personally. If he walked in here right now, I, pr- I honestly, I probably couldn't recognize him. I mean, it's been so long he since I've like, like had any interaction with him. Cameron, because I've seen him recently. I saw him within uh, just before I moved to Boston, so within three or four years. Uh-huh. Uh, Cameron essentially looks like a low rent Mark Hoppus. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he always did look like kind of a guy that would play in like a. He never really looked like a, a, a guy that would play that kind of music. Like when you look at him and you're like, hey, he plays in a punk band. You're like, all right, well, he probably. Always had the Liberty Spikes yeah, and all that. Yeah. But if you just take the facial features, <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Get rid of that yeah. hair and just give him more hair. You're probably like, he yeah, this like... band probably sounds like Good Charlotte or Blink 182. <laughs> Not, you know, uh, the, the Ramones. But... Oh, God. I had a, just a regular Spotify punk playlist on at my. Uh-huh. Uh, I did a comedy cookout thing in my place last weekend. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I wish we could have worked that timing out. I know. When you guys were in town for this. Like, come Man. to our place, have some burgers and dogs, and then go to your show. That would have been perfect. Um, but the uh, good Charlie came on, and I just violently yelled, <laughs> somebody change this, please. Yeah, if you're from Maryland and you're kind of involved in the punk rock, hardcore, you know, whatever scene, underground music scene, 
it's you know people ask me all the time when I'm on the road and they find out I'm from Maryland. They're like, oh, good Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh god, you know. And anyway, nobody really like knows. And, they're or an hour and a half away fr- from them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're closer right. to DC than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They're not even from. Yeah, anyway. no, we don't even include them. But like we've played show, like I, my I definitely have been at a show they were at before they. Got oh, we hit. played. Yeah, yeah. And well, I know my friends have played with them and beat them in battles of the band. And then yeah. next year they're the biggest band on MTV. Well, it just depends on how cute they are and how you know MTV wants to market them out and they're let's face it they're super marketable when all that stuff was going on they were like kind of the poster kids it's like oh Benji's cute he's got you know spiky hair and and tattoos and nose piercing you know yeah yeah he's dangerous but you know the kids you know the little teeny boppers loved them and the the kids that were listening to NSYNC the year before are listening listening to to good Charlotte now and hey you know what though but you know what God bless them we may not like their music but there's a market for there's it. There's people apparently. there for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't say that they suck. I just I'll have, I can only say that I don't like. Their it's music. hard. You know what it is? It's funny. It's hard being from Maryland and being a musician and, you know, throwing dirt on their name and not sound like a hater. You know, exactly, people yeah. are like, oh, you know, you're just jealous that you don't have what they have. And yeah, would I love to live in a mansion in L.A.? Sure. Absolutely. You know, 100%. but it's like I didn't at the same time, you know, like when you're wearing there's a certain amount of integrity. Right. There's a certain amount of integrity. Year. That you have to have. You have to have your integrity. And well, you that's know. why their drummer left and formed Wakefield because he was just like, I'm not yeah. allegedly from what I heard. Yeah. He left. He's like, I can't do right. this anymore. Well, that's why they couldn't hold a steady drummer anywhere. Yeah. You know, I was like, it was only those four guys. It was um, in all their promo pictures or whatever. But no, I don't want to talk about Good Charlie anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> something else. Uh, <laughs> well, tell me, finish up the story about the show in New York where you got paid in records. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Did you, were you guys just. Having your interest in your hand, just wait no. for anyone to walk we in and just, just kind, kick right in. We were just kind of, we were just, no, we didn't, we didn't even unload our trailer. We were just like sitting there, we're like just kind of waiting for any sort of sign of kids coming to the show. Nothing. And then if the show started at seven, we were sitting out there like six thirty. Like, should we unload? Should we not? Should we do this? Should we? And then I think the final, the final um, verdict was like, all right, they got some acoustic guitars in there. If anybody comes and there's probably be like 10 people we'll just play some acoustic songs we'll just do some like fun covers or something like that and just kind of you know jam out or whatever nobody came so uh the acoustic performance didn't even have it we're like this is terrible and um so the the guy the owner of this record shop that we were supposed to play was like i don't know what i can do for you i can't pay you obviously you know yeah you know which we understood totally and he's like, "How about this? Uh, you guys just pick out some records that you want from the um, from the from the record store." And so some guys, I think, picked up some CDs and vinyls and stuff. And Chad picked up Europe's video collection, Europe's <laughs> musical music video collection on VHS, which had, of course, which had Final Countdown and uh, <laughs> Cherokee and all those. Like, so you named one more song that anyone about uh, one more Europe song than anyone else could name. Oh, there, that's not in the band Europe. No, 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 no. There was a uh, <laughs> was Cherokee was a big another. song. I know, I, I know Cherokee, it a, but it's a funny. Everyone song. knows it's Final a funny Countdown, sound. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Cherokee, and then they had the other one. It was uh, Annie. Oh, uh, yeah. Is there a, a song radio called radio. Annie? I think there was a radio. I'm, I'm trying to think of it, but uh, yeah. So there's at least one other radio song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, there was three off the top of my Well, two off the Is top of my head. Is coming out of your ears thinking about another Europe <laughs> I think my head's going to explode. another Marcy I think Playground I'm, song. I think I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Or another... Um, yeah. Uh, um, 
Oh, God. But only people – the only people who could do that are musicians. Right. Nobody or, – or radio people. Right. Which I'm so far out of the radio game even though – because I'm doing traffic reports. Yeah. I'm producing traffic reports. I'm not even on air. I'm not even working in a building with FM uh, – with music stations anymore. We're completely by ourselves. Right. And so I st- – when I moved here, I stopped paying attention to what was going on in the music God, industry. And I don't lucky. even know majority you're of the stations here. Neither. Yeah. That's it's how lucky, I am too. But it's, like I don't want to be the 35 year old that knows nothing about music. But, I never wanted to be that guy. I, but see, I, the older I got, I just kind of I started listening to like talk stations, and I totally lost touch with like pop, you know, popular music and and what the kids are listening to. And I I never wanted to be that guy. You know what I mean? When I was like 18, 19 years old or whatever. Mom's um, calling. Ah, mom's calling me. Um, Sorry, we can pause this while you talk to your mom. All right, let me get... Yeah, do your thing. All right. Mothers are important. I know. Hey. I'm doing... You're calling... I'm doing an interview right now. Can I call you back? Talk to your mother. Uh, all right, I'll give you a call back in about... Uh, I, I'll, I'll call you afterwards. I don't know how long it's going to take. Okay. See ya. Bye. Dude, I can wait. You can talk to <laughs> no, your mother. No, it's all good. It's nothing important. She just wanted to check in and make sure I'm still alive. How, do, how, many, times, how, many, how many times does she make you call her, call her while you're on tour? I've only talked to her a couple times. Oh, because she doesn't she she doesn't get mad that you call don't call her every day from tour. No, I well I usually text her. My mother gets mad that I don't call her every day from Boston. Right, and I will never call her every day from Boston. No, she like, actually I went to Baltimore uh, from uh, here, so I left May eighteenth, and what are we at June fifth now? Uh-huh. I haven't called her since then, and I'm sure that she's mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I I touch base every once in a while, but it's funny because I'll bring my phone up. I I, I have a hard time trusting anybody. So I bring my wallet up on stage with me and I'll bring my phone up with me. And those are like the two things that I have. My bags can get stolen. It's just all clothes and stuff, yeah. whatever. I take my valuables up with me and play with them next to uh, the stage. And I'll look down and mom's calling me. And I'm like, you just call it the, like the worst times, <laughs> like the worst times. And then I get off stage and it's 1230 at night and she gets pissed when I call her up. And wake her up. So I'll text or her. Or she'll be awake so I just, waiting for you to call back. Exactly. So I just text her. But she follows me on Instagram now, which is really weird. I, <laughs> I, got, I got a notification the other day that, um, that Pat Eller follows you on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, here we go. I thought it was terrible when she requested me on Facebook. Oh, I didn't accept my mother's Facebook friend request until I moved to Boston, and that's so I didn't have to call her. Yeah, so that's basically how she finds out that I'm okay and that I'm still alive because I, you know, when you're on a van for ten hours a day or sitting backstage or whatever, if you're in a hotel room, really all you do is face, you know, Facebook, Instagram, just mess around on there. So she follows me closely on that. That's how she knows I'm good. But um, but yeah, I didn't follow. I didn't accept my. I actually. Um, declined my mom's request a couple times oh, because I was like, you don't understand. I'm like, you're going to go on there and you're going to see like, I don't post anything like crazy on there or anything. Just, you know, thoughts and opinions, which I guess can sometimes be crazy. But <laughs> my friends, uh, like their comments and stuff. I'm like, you don't want to see what my friends say to me when I post certain things. Oh. You know, it's like <laughs> when I went back to Baltimore, I had shows, <laughs> I had comedy shows booked every night. My mom went and my mom's not, my mother's never seen my comedy. And I'm not a, a vulgar and I'm not offensive on stage. Right. Uh, at, at one time there was some crude stuff, but now sure. very little. It's kind of dark. Uh-huh. I don't mind my, my, my mother seeing my comedy. I don't yeah. want her to come listen to other guys talking about their dicks and getting exactly. blowjobs or exactly. getting the blowjobs that they're not the non-existent blowjobs that they're getting. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I listened to that comedian yeah. yesterday. I don't know, but Mike goes, "I need to stop." Like just a fat dude, long hair, just go. No, I gotta stop telling women I'm really good at eating pussy because then I gotta follow through on that, and then they find out how disappointing my 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 eating pussy skills are. I'm like, no woman's yeah. finding out. Yeah. Like no woman is yeah. finding out how bad you are at right. eating pussy. Right. And it's, it's like, oh, so that's the thing I don't want my mother to have to see. So when I went back, she goes, which show can I go and see? He was like, I, none of them. <laughs> like, I'll send you to a free one. Right. But I can't be, I, I can't guarantee what anybody else is going to say. And I yeah. don't want you to hear that. Yeah. Well, like, that's I'll a- say weird things in front of my mother, but I keep it mostly clean. Right. That's how it is, like, you know, with all the shows that I've played locally in Maryland that she could come to. I'm like, yeah, you can, I mean, you can come. And she's, she's seen me with CJ a couple of times. I don't know what the local opener is going to be like. If you want to come and you want to hang out and, you know, catch a couple locally, you know, local openers or whatever, I, I don't know, like, how crazy it is, you know. And yeah, but a, there's, unless you're seeing Guar, right, there's right. nothing that... that like, Which, who we, we hung out with, uh, what was his name the other night from Guar? Uh, the bass player. Uh, whatever. Something the Almighty. The other name. I can't In say Texas. any Guar members' names. Oh, yeah. Like when when the lead singer died, <laughs> yeah. and they said his real name. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, the singer from Guar. Yeah, right, oh, right, right. The dude from Guar. The guy from Guar. Everybody knows them as the guys from Guar. Well, now I guess it's the 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 girl from Guar or the woman from Guar. Didn't they replace I, him with a female lead singer? Did they? I don't know. Uh, that's I'm not I a big Guar fan. I just thought it was cool that I get to hang out with a guy from Guar without all of his stuff all over. All his uh, yeah costumes and, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool. Where, where does he live so I know where to go? And there was a guy. <laughs> well, they're all from. So I can get. They're all the from Riva. They're all from Riva. Oh, are they all from Richmond. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I think there was a guy. Students. Yeah, but there was a guy that. Um, I'll be honest. I don't even think the guy that I hung out with was in the band for like twenty years, or something like that. He's not in the band anymore. As of like a year ago, hmm. he lives in Dallas. So super cool guy though. Totally unassuming. He it was funny because he was sitting in our green room with. Uh, Another guy from another band um, that's, I don't know, worth mentioning, but I can't remember their name. And, uh, and so... Uh, can you he, remember all... Can you remember the names of all the bands that opened shows with you? No, nah, I can... I can, No. And you know, I'm going off on another tangent. This, like, being in this position right now makes me, like... It makes me look back on all the times that we were like local openers for like bigger bands that came through, like playing yeah. at the Auto Bar and stuff. And I'm like, man, we made a, like a real big impression on these guys. I think they really dug us. <laughs> and you know, now I look back at it, I'm like, holy crap! Like, I those have, bands did not care one bit. No, they, no, no, they couldn't. You know, it's just kind of another band. Uh, no, and I feel like a jerk saying it. I haven't watched a second of a local opener. I just. Actually, in Austin, I did. And there was a really good local opening band that um, our drummer, they were called Threes Way. I'm surprised I remember the name. They were called Threes Way from Austin. And the drummer for Broken Gold, who we're on tour with, plays drums in that band. And I guess that's probably why I made it a point to catch them. But they sounded like hot water music. I loved them. So I watched one local opener yeah. out of this, uh, uh, 20 shows or whatever that we've played so far so on this tour and then of course in Europe I'm sure you didn't know majority of the, the no actually the I'll tell playing, you what I, I'll tell you what we got we got we really lucked out with a couple of really good bands that, that kind of came out with us um, we played with a band that I became friendly with when we were in the Rockvilles they're called D-Cracks they're from Austria and they're super fast Ramones, Ramones core band mm-hmm. uh, from Austria super good Highly recommend them. They, they came out again? for like three shows, huh? What are they called again? D cracks. D cracks. D E E cracks. Okay. Um, and then we got uh, put on a. Um, we did a few, three or four shows with a band called the Yorkshire 
Yorkshire rats or York, Yorkshire rats. I don't know how you say it, but um, that's a cool name. Super cool, but they're like it sounds like they'd be like crust punk, you know, like yeah. Liberty. Oh, that sounds like that totally crust punk. Band. Like we're the Yorkshire, we're the rats, Yorkshire rats. Fuck you. Yeah, like spitting on people, <laughs> but they were like total sweethearts. And we're doing, um, I think we're doing a couple shows with them. They sound like, uh, like 90s alternative. Super good. So good. I mean, totally deserve to be like, they would be a perfect t- band f- to open for like social distortion. Okay. You know right. what I mean? Like total, like totally cool guys. And dude, I could it, do an entire podcast just naming bands with other people, and then acting what uh, or uh, and us believing what they sound like by the name of their band. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we play with some funny bands. <laughs> I always, I, I kind of look at the like who we're playing with. I think we're playing with a band called Meat Depressed tonight. Meat Depressed. Yeah, a local band from Boston. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And like, then it's so weird for me to be out of touch with the music scene. Yeah. Like I moved here, I know I yeah. know a few musicians now, but I don't yeah. really know the music scene yeah. that well. That's how that's how it's been for me because I was out I was out of the game for a long time, and then I always told people I'm like you know asked me to start bands and I'm like it's got to be like a good offer for me to like come back. And I'm not saying that because I hold myself up like on that pedestal, but I'm not trying to like fuck around. S- struggle, man. Yeah. Like honestly. I've I've done it for so long and and I kind of just lost interest in playing for a long time and you know just a lot of the struggles that my old bands would go through I'm like I don't want to go through that again I'm too old you know what I mean like I don't I don't want to play in front of nobody you know lugging uh, drums through you know knee high snow and you know at Hal Daddy's that was. <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, that's where I was. There's I pulled small, that reference from. I remember. There's a small part of me that misses Hal Daddy's, and we, there's a small part of me that goes, "Yeah, I'm glad." Hal we Daddy's played Hal Daddy's gone. the day of a big snowstorm, and uh, we played in front of a band from Philly. They were the openers, oh, uh, or we might have been the openers. I forget, but it, we played in front of them and their girlfriends, and mm. uh, it's terrible. But like that's that's I mean, that was stuff. such an institution that place. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a cool. I've met so many people that, I, yeah. that, so many bands that I became friends with. So it, it was a, it was show. a who's who, like within the local scene. If you needed to get some kind of exposure and meet people, you'd go there on a Friday, Saturday night, and you walk in and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like they have shows here, and then you go, and it was bad enough, like on the main floor, and they're like, "Oh no, bands play downstairs." And it was even worse. It was like, "Holy shit, bands play here!" And oh, dude, like, did you ever go in there before they dug out the floor uh, when it was just? Like stage level, the entire place was stage level. Oh no! The last time I played, uh, well, the only time we played, I think we only played there once. Um, we there was a stage, yeah. If you want to call it that, but yeah. it, I mean, it was like, yeah. I guess they dug. I guess they dug it down. Yeah, because it's concrete and, floor. Yeah, where it was just wood floors before, yep. and we would just like you couldn't, you know. It was. It's the '90s, and we're all in punk bands. So let's pogo right. and jump up and down. I'm five foot six. I was hitting my head on rafters, <laughs> and but, then they dug the floor, and like now it looks like a space, but it's still. Oh, I love the uh, – uh, let me quote the fire marshal that shut the place down. The fire marshal, they did uh, – fire and liquor board did surprise inspections. They just walked right down Eastern Avenue into every place just handing out fines. Mm-hmm. And they shut Hal's down because he didn't have hot water to the bathroom. Uh, and then uh, shut the, the, the upstairs down for that. And then uh, – and I think they found some rat droppings, which 
find a bar in Baltimore that doesn't have rat droppings right. somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and then the other thing that like he could open up after he did that, but then he couldn't do shows until they fixed it downstairs and do quote the fire marshal. And I'm not quoting him from somebody else secondhand. I was there the night they walked in the door. I heard him say, this place is a tomb. <laughs> <laughs> it was just all the wiring for the, all the sound equipment throughout this entire scene. And they're like, yeah. no way this is going to pass. Yeah. If you have one electrical fire, this whole place is going up like a box of matches. No, absolutely not. Was that, a, was that a row? Was it part of a row? Oh yeah, what's Baltimore I'm, City? Everything's a row. I know, home, but right? I'm trying. To, everything's yeah, a, I was a trying to remember. Buildings. Like all buildings are connected. Because I remember it was basically a house. Essentially, it was. It was essentially a house. But I'm. And then when they shut it down and half reopened, and they tried it again, and then he finally sold the place off, and then he got uh, the whoever he sold it to, the property to, got. Um, Turned into an AA facility. Oh, that's like ironic. a religious. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a religious, like Narcotics Anonymous or some like uh, substance abuse right. rehabilitation right. place. Well, that's weird because Baltimore doesn't have substance abuse issues or anything. No, like that, so. not like anybody was abusing substances no. at Hell Daddy's. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's what. But that like, was like, like, that, like that's the classic example of places that would try to pay you not in money but right. in drugs. Yeah, they'd be like, <laughs> "How much blow do you guys need for tonight?" We're like, "Well, we none of us really do blow because not that we're, Hal ever did. We're but like was people there, seventeen years old. We don't <laughs> never seen cocaine in real life at Hell Daddy's. But that was like everyone's twenty one, even if you only have a library card. Right. But that was that's like what I'm talking about. Is like we'd play places like that, and you know, guys would like come to me and they'd be like, you know. Starting up a band, you want to play drums? I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. It has to be something that I kind of just fall into. And it has to be a good opportunity. And if not, then I'm cool with that. Then I'll go ahead and settle down, get a get a real job, not a moving job. You know what I mean? I'll get like a real career and I'll pursue that. I was totally fine with that. I was 100% fine with that. And then... Um, and then kind of fell into the gig with the Huntington's, and the Huntington's have been one of my favorite bands for years. And um, so, of course, I'm going to take that gig. I'm not going to turn that one down, even though we weren't really doing anything. They're just like, we got some stuff show. coming up if you want to play for us. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, thought it was a really cool um, opportunity. Played a few shows, and then they asked me to be their full time drummer because they were, you know, had some more stuff coming up. And I'm, yeah, absolutely. And then this happened. So it was like, how did you get in this? How did you get with CJ? Yeah. How did that This happen? is kind of a weird uh, story. It's kind of funny now. Um, I probably had a few too many one night, and I was Shocker. watching. I was watching CJ uh, on YouTube because he was out on tour. Actually, last time he was in Boston, I believe he. Yeah, he played Boston last time. That's what you were talking about, and it wasn't on that tour. Um, he was playing with uh, two guys from the Aquabats, and. Um, I just wasn't feeling it, and just I'm a huge Ramones. Ramones are my favorite band of all time. Understatement. And yeah. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I like don't. You've been into Ram- super hardcore Ramones tribute band. Yeah, exactly. Not. I don't want to say tribute bands, but like Ramones sounding like the Ramones, and now Ramones play with influence them. bands. Yeah. So this is like, a, you know, I love the Ramones. Anyway, so the way I see it is, if you're going to play with a Ramon, you better play it the way that the Ramones played it, and if you don't. Then I really lose a lot of respect for you as a musician. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying these guys weren't doing that, but I I felt like I could do it better. Yeah, and especially since I had a few in me, I was like, I'm gonna let him Liquid know Carlage. about it. I'm gonna let him know how I feel about his band. And so I got on. <laughs> so I got. So I got on Facebook, and um, 
I'm, ar- I'm, ar- I'm already cringing thinking about what happened. <laughs> and so I messaged him and I'm like, yeah, I was like, hey, man, um, I was like, I don't know if, the, if you control this account or I got if somebody, you know, he had a social media guy or whatever. And um, I was like, your band sucks. I was like, I could do a better job. And I live four hours away. He was flying in guys from L.A. Yeah. I'm four hours from Long Island where he lives. I'm like, I play in a band called The Huntingtons. We sound just like the Ramones. Listen to our stuff if you never heard of us before. Check us out. And I'm like, me and Josh, our guitar player, we're looking to play more. Our, t- our singer and our other guitar player are looking to kind of like chill out a little bit. We're looking for something to do. If you need players, let us know. Well, so, you, and, so you auditioned for CJ Renault <laughs> through a Facebook message. Basically. <laughs> and uh, and so I so it. I hit send. and Like hearing I, that message makes me cringe. I, it's like, no, you didn't do that. No, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you did that. So then, yeah. So then I called up Josh and I was like, hey, buddy. I was like, and this is like 1.30 in the morning. Or I didn't call him. I texted him. I'm like, hey, I just offered up our services to CJ. CJ Ramon. I don't know if he's going to take it, take me up on it or whatever, but I just want to let you know that if I, you know, if he starts, if we get into a back and forth, um, you're involved in it. And he's like, what, why would you do that? Like, are you crazy? And I'm like, eh, kinda. I'm like, but who knows, who knows what's going to happen? And he's like, well, if you write you back, he's just being nice. He's just a nice guy. So he'll probably entertain you for a minute or whatever. I'm like, yeah, probably. And I didn't think anything. I woke up the next day, went to work, whatever. And then had a message on, in, in my Facebook account from him. And he's like, uh, yeah, I love the Huntington's. Where are you guys from? And, and I said, Baltimore. And he goes, Oh, you're, you're an East coast guy. I'm looking to play with the East coast guys. I'm like, cool. And I was like, well, just, you know, let me know. And he's like, um, well, send me your information. And I'm like, okay, something might happen. So I text him my, uh, cell phone number and, and my personal email. And, and then I wait for like two weeks. And in the meantime, Josh is calling me like every day, like, if you heard anything, if you heard anything, <laughs> it, when at first he's like, you're an idiot. Like, why are you doing this? Like, why would you sign us up for this? And, but he was still calling like, have you heard anything from him? You heard you're anything so from stupid. Him? You did yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But did yeah, you hear back? Yeah. Did, did he call you back? <laughs> and uh, so finally one day, like two weeks after I gave him my cell phone number, um, I got a call from uh, New York area code and I never answer calls that I don't recognize. Of course. And so New York number comes through. I ignore it. I decline it. Because why in your head would you think it's yeah. CJ Remote? I'm like, okay, two weeks later, he's forgotten about me. and eh, Nice try, whatever. Kind of a funny story. And, um, and then I get a text and he goes, hey, brother, when can, I, when can, when can you talk? And I'm like, All right, who is you this? Who this? Yeah, I'm like, who's this? <laughs> And uh, he goes, C.J. Ramon. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I just ignored C.J.'s call. I was like, I was so blown. And I'm like, I didn't know the guy from from Adam. So I was like, I hung up on him. He's never going to want to talk to me again. But he's like, you know, I, told, I explained it. And then we talked to each other. And um, my hand was shaking. She's like, give me a call in five minutes. And so I'm like, about to call. I'm like, man, I'm about to talk to a, a real-life Ramon on the phone, man. This is awesome. On his and, personal cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, he's forwarded me his, his phone number. I'm like, this is crazy. And um, so, um, but f- like 30 seconds into our conversation, it was like I was talking to a guy that I had known for 10 years. Yeah. And totally, totally down-to-earth guy. He Which originally. One of those things you forget about. Yeah. Until you start talking. Sure. They're just. They're normal guys. Normal schmucks like the rest of us. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the first um, opportunity we had, he calls us up and he goes, I need a guitar player for Cuba. 
I'm going to Cuba. I'm the first American punk rock artist to go down to Cuba since the embargo got lifted or whatever. And um, oh, since the embargo went into went went, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When it, I'm sorry. No, um, yeah, yeah. So he so he wanted he wanted a guitar player. I'm like, well, I play drums. <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, I was like, well, you know, let me talk to Josh. I was like, I'm sure Josh would do it. He's like, yeah. Uh, I was like, I gave Josh his number or I gave CJ Josh's number. And, um, so I called Josh up and I was like, yeah, you might get a phone call and you might get offered something pretty crazy. And, um, long story short, it's already a long story, but, um, that's what we're here for. Tell me what uh, Neither of us went down to um, to Cuba with him, unfortunately, because it looked like an amazing trip. But um, he calls us back, apologizes. He's like, "I already had, I got something lined up for Cuba, so don't worry about that." But I'm recording a Beach Boys song. Do you guys want to do a Beach Boys song with me? We're like, "Yeah, absolutely." Hundred percent. What are we doing? He's thousand percent. Yes. He goes, "Yeah, we're doing Surfer Girl. It's going to be a seven inch release with a band from Italy called the Mangies, and we're big fans of theirs." So I was like, "Absolutely, let's do it." And um, Came down to Annapolis one day. We rehearsed one night, went into the studio, recorded the next day. Um, and then just we just vibed really well, you know, like our personalities were really like clicking, clicked musically because um, we'd been playing like we've been the playing songs, the Ramones yeah. like sound for, for years. Um, so it was really no big deal. And um, and then uh, the album came out really good reception. He's like, I'm going to Europe. I need players for Europe. Do you want to come to Europe? Yeah, absolutely. So we went to Europe for two and a half yes, weeks, yeah. and um, just killed it out in Europe. He was super happy with the reception. All the reviews were really good, um, and uh, yeah. So that's how we got hooked up with CJ, and then um, called us for this, and then let us know that we're going to Europe, and yeah. So that's how we got lined up with CJ. That's, that's a long story, but it's kind of a cool story, you know. No, it's a great story. It's that's literally one of those stories that you don't expect the outcome to come to, to be that like yeah you're you're drunk watching his band you send yeah. him a message like your yeah. guys suck i'm yeah. better well no it wasn't What's like up? it wasn't as brutal <laughs> as that it was just like you know I, I just want to let you know i think i think me and my buddy could do a better job now granted my tone is different than how it probably sounded that <laughs> night you know when he's reading it because apparently his buddy told me he's like kids got balls uh, i'll give him that he's got balls for, for kind of coming at me like that oh yeah and um I think that kind of attracted him a little bit, you know, to the point where I'm like All that, com- yeah. that that confidence, you know what I mean? Like that guy was kind of came out of nowhere and was like, let us try this. Let us give us a shot. And that's why I was like, man, if we don't, I'm going to look like such a schmuck if, <laughs> if we suck. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You yet. know, like I'm, if he plays with us the first time, he's like, you guys are terrible. Like, sorry, can't work with you. And then I'm going to look like a total jackass, but it worked out. So. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That's one of those things. Like, I remember the radio station. I worked for DC 101 for a while, and we were doing. They would do the uh, uh, the New Year's Eve kegs and eggs. Yeah. And one year, some 41 was playing, and I was thinking it was back when I was ma- managing Devil's Radio. Okay. Uh, of course. Uh, so I went. I was working in the studio while they were doing the concert. Like I was broadcasting the concert from from work. Right. Uh, some 41's playing. I go down after work. Go all the way down there. Like finish up, get down there to try and catch some forty one. I walk up to um, the uh, singer, whatever Steve. Uh, no, Steve was the drummer. Derek. Derek. Yep. Yes, the one who married Avril Lavigne. Ugh. Yeah, and then she left him for the singer. From oh, Nickelback. Nickelback. 
Man, like how bad do you have to? How bad do you have to be that guy? Like how bad do you feel when you're that guy? That it sucks the, when your girl, the girl leaves who, you. Who the entire uh, punk rock community hates that you yeah. married her for yeah, one, right? And then she leaves you <laughs> for the guy that everyone, everyone hates. hates. <laughs> so I see him at the bar. He's hammered, and uh, I walked up with a uh, you know I think I had a, uh, a Devil's Ray. I was making uh, my own little like four song sampler of uh, Devil's Ray to CD, sure. and then stuffing them, like putting the stickers on, printing it all myself. Uh-huh. Uh, and I walked. I was like, "Hey man, I got a really good band that I think you would vibe with here. I love it." And he was just like, "Is this for me? I can keep." I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Like, I want you to listen to the band. I want you to like us, and I want you to take the band on tour. That's right, like, right, like right. that's in my head. Right. How we were going to make it as a band is I get to." Give the guy from some forty one, yeah, <laughs> CD, yeah, yeah. and he's gonna go. This shit's amazing, right? And of course, change your life forever. Never heard back from right. him. Of course, what's cool about this is it's, then that, that, like I'm this sure that's tour, it, what you expected was ha- absolutely hearing nothing back. Yeah, even and, though in the back of your head you're like, this could be it. But he's, you know, CJ's just like a super down to earth guy, very family oriented. There's no rock star bullshit with him. Everything what you see is what you get with him. And he's very personable on social media, like on Facebook and stuff. You know, he's like totally, I mean, he spends half of the day responding to people messaging him. Like, when are you coming here? You know, like most of the time people would ignore all those messages, get a hundred messages from all over the world. When are you coming to, you know, Perth, Australia or whatever? And he'll write back to him like, we'll be in touch, blah, 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 blah. And he, he talks to everyone. So I kind of felt like, you know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hear something back, but it was you know, at the same time I was kind of like he's gonna look at me and laugh and just be yeah. like you know who are you, you know what I mean? Because you know he works with guys from the adolescents and like big legendary bands. Well, wasn't he also touring with the Misfits too for a little while? Like that some, Misfit revival group. He was doing some. He did some stuff uh, down in South America with the Misfits. Okay, um, that was back when Daniel Ray was. He was playing with Daniel Ray. Um, Ramones I got my producer. own Ramones historian here. I'm going to ask all the questions. Yeah, no, he he did. Uh, I mean, I can only tell you from from hearing stories. Yeah. Um, but he was playing down with Daniel Ray, who uh, produced um, Famous Monsters and American Psycho from the Misfits, and then did a handful of the late. He produced a handful of the late um, Ramones albums. Okay. So th- he went down, but they did a big South American tour, and CJ's like a bona fide rock star in South America. So are the Misfits. So it's like. Those two together, they were playing massive crowds, massive crowds. But that's when they did that. Um, I don't know if he's done anything with the Misfits in America. Nah. I could be wrong. I've, I know that there was that like revolving door of Misfits bands that I could have gone seeing a dozen Wait, are times. you talking about CJ playing with the Misfits? Yeah. No, I don't in think the, he ever In the band. I don't think he was oh, ever he in okay. the band. No. He had two bands uh, that he played with after the Ramones retired, oh. Los Cusanos and Bad Chopper, oh. until he finally settled with... Coming out as CJ Ramon. I'm gonna totally delete this part because it makes me look like a fool. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it sounds like it would happen. It sounds like it could happen, yeah. right? Because well, um, yeah, there was totally the, uh, uh, because heard... Jerry's been bringing guys in. I think his kids playing with him now. Yeah. Um, but dude, that's leading thing. up to the that's reunion. The, that's the thing. We're getting to that, that age where we've been doing so much. Yeah. We can't can't keep, keep up. Uh, keep track of everything yeah. that we've seen. I saw. I mean, I saw right. the I saw the misfit. I saw Jerry. It was Jerry Des. And Marky Ramon, you'll laugh at this, at the Thunderdome. That's what I was thinking of, Marky. At the Thunderdome. Marky played with the Misfits. That's what it was. Mark yes. did. It that's, wasn't that's CJ. That's what it is. Yep. 
So you weren't too far off. I had the last So you don't have to delete it. You had Ramon right. A Ramon did play with the Misfits. This is what I got to do. I got to bring my... I have to... Like, this used to be such a music bank. And so between an iPhone and just getting old, I can't keep it straight anymore. Like, a little while ago, I had a hard time trying to remember if the song I was listening to was a Phil Collins song or not a Phil. Was a Peter Gabriel song or a Genesis song? Right, right, right. Can't keep that stuff straight anymore. Both of us. Yeah, like, I have a hard time... When I when you when we were Facebooking back and forth, and you said you were coming here, which, by the way, I re, you were going to play uh, the show was apparently originally booked at uh, Brighton, Brighton Music. Well, Hall. that we had a list. Uh, what I was forwarded was kind of a list of all the cities, and all the cities were on there. But it was kind of um, like fifty percent of the the venues that were listed to me, you know, came through, and yeah. that's where we played. But. Um, Oh, that's a know, mile, less than a mile away from my apartment. Yeah, we were like, supposed to play This would not Brighton. have been a problem. Yeah, we were supposed to play We, could, we could have just walked with an umbrella to my, to my place. I would have had to no. lug the studio no, here. I'm but sorry. this is my first time. No, it's not your fault. This is the first time I've gotten to. This was my plan for yep. if I ever had to bring the studio to a place. Right. I just hadn't had to do it yet. Yeah. So at least I had to do it. With, at least I got to do it with somebody that I know. Yeah. That if it. If, if it if, sucks. If, it's, if it failed, <laughs> if all things, nothing worked, right. I'm like, all right, good. I get to hang out with Chris and yeah. catch up with him anyway. Yeah, it's cool. Because well, my intention was just to hang out and, and talk with you. And at the same time, I was like, well, we're both music, we're both artists yeah. and entertainers. Yeah. Let's also record a podcast. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's not the miss this podcast. opportunity. Those are the best podcasts. <laughs> I don't like doing them when they're all like professional, like, you know, like um, our guitar player, Josh, uh, used to do a podcast and he called it the Josh Pit. Yeah, I thought that was like the coolest name ever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we would hang out and do like, you know, internet podcasts and it was so laid back and I've done podcasts where it's like, you know, radio station and yeah. I'm like, this is like super uncomfortable. So it's always better. I'm drinking a 40 of Pabst Blue Ribbon right now. Yeah. So. We're sitting in the lounge. <laughs> like the guy who let me in, I was like, oh, hey, I'm interviewing one of the guys in the band. You mind if I use the lounge? He's like, uh, uh, uh. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go right, ahead cool, and thank you. I'm going to use the lounge. Thanks. <laughs> Good answer. It was either the lounge or the dunks next door. <laughs> hey, I'm cool with both. I think I'll probably go over there after this is done. So, Oh, well, don't worry. Even if there wasn't a dunks next door, you still wouldn't have to go far because there's one on every other corner. Gotta love Boston. They're like, Gotta love it. Like Coming to Boston and trying to lose weight since because I, I, I just lost like 36 pounds the past six months. You look good. Thank you. Um, and we'll explain that off the podcast why I've been losing weight. Oh, nice. Dennis, don't forget to delete this part. Drug addiction. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Coming to Boston that is covered in so many Dunkin' Donuts and losing weight is like trying to kick heroin by moving to Baltimore. You know, I was trying to explain to people back home what Boston's like with Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm like, it's not even really – there's nothing to compare. You're like, oh, there's 7-Elevens on every street corner. Well, there's more Dunkin' Donuts around per, like, per city block. There's like three. Yeah. I mean, they're literally I – mean, it, they're more frequent than, like, Starbucks anywhere else. Or more, it's, I don't know what it is about – Yeah, we make that joke that, oh, there's always a Starbucks on every corner. No, no there's literally a dunk on every corner. There's literally here. a Dunkin' on every corner. And yeah, I think that's – The subway thank stations. Thank God I don't work – thank God I don't I'm surprised there. there's not a Dunkin' Donuts food truck. There should be, right? Yeah. It just kind of drives around like an ice cream truck. Dude, if they could figure out how to put a Dunkin' Donuts in the MTB, MBTA buses, they would have done that by I now. I think you should quit your job. And figure out how traffic to, producer and start figuring out how to put dunks into buses. Yep, I think you're sitting on <laughs> mobile a gold bus, mine. mobile dunks. You're sitting on a gold mine right now, hey, my friend. America runs on dunks, Dunkins, right? Bostonians run on Dunkin, literally. Oh yeah. Oh. But anyway, yeah. Oh god, there's we had Dunkin' donuts. Their donuts this are so good. I don't know why everyone like 
everyone complains about their donuts and they're like, oh, this place is this place that makes these weird donuts are the best. I'm like, stop being a hipster. Dunks donuts are the fucking best. Yeah, like oh the 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 bacon maple uh, top donuts, like all those weird donuts. Like that's a new fad now. I don't yeah. get it. Just give me like a regular glazed donut, or, like chocolate glaze or something. Just, oh, give me. A, just uh, keep it simple, cho- stupid. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Take some dough, fry it, put yeah. some frosting on it. To cover it in sugar. Shove done. it in my face. Yeah, that's pink, all I want. Pink with sprinkles. Done. Yeah, done every day. Yeah, that's gone. One hundred percent. Why do people have to mess around with donuts? It's like cupcakes now. You know, like everybody has to like everybody has to be a just, designer just cupcake. Give me, yeah, just give me a and cupcakes piled right. fourteen inches high with frosting. How the hell and do you're I like, eat this thing? Oh, that's the. Did you ever see the people? that's like, this is how you properly eat a cupcake, and then they rip it in half, and then they top it so you can. Eat the whole thing with the frost inside, so you don't get frosting on your face. Like, no, that's not how. That's not how a, cu- a cupcake. You're supposed to just dive your face into it and get yeah. get frosting everywhere. Like you're a four year old at your very first uh, a, a one year old at your very first birthday party. Right. I forget when you have your first birthday party. <laughs> apparently, yeah. your first birthday party when you're. That's because uh, I don't acknowledge kids until they're at least old enough to. to I hate when I get invited to, to to be able to take a punch. I got an invitation to a, fir- a one year old birthday party. Because like, we're at that the, age. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And the father kind of sold it. He's like, well, there's going to be beer there. And I'm like, really? That's how you're selling it to me. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be beer there. So your one-year-old birthday party is going to be the only place in the world that, that I'm going to find alcohol. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Like, my uh, <laughs> Tony, my best friend who uh-huh. used to be in Misdirected and uh, PH Low. He has two kids now. His first son is born on my birthday. And this is a joke I tell on stage okay. that um, the last, you know, when the kid had his first birthday, I didn't know what to get him. Right. Um, so I just, my birthday gift to a one year old was two cases. It was two bushels of crabs and a case of Natty Bow. <laughs> and, but I did it all cutesy. I put it yeah. in a toy chest that somebody else was bringing it, made him open it up. I was like, ah, oh, that is your ah, drug. This is yeah. crazy. This is hilarious. Right. Best part about it was uh, that gift turned out to be the best regift for me ever. Oh yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, what was it like on old school when he kept regifting the he gave he gave the kid at his birthday like a toaster. He's like, oh, this was this is what you gave me at my wedding. He's like, no, it's the exact toaster. He's like, so, I, I I don't know what you're supposed to do at little kids' birthdays. It's I don't know. I get insulted when I get invitations. I'm like, really? Am I that guy? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's... I don't have kids. I'm not going to come hang out. I don't want to hang out so with your kids. Too many of my friends have kids. And a whole bunch of kids. I don't want to hang out with the kids. Like, well, I went back and Tony, like, I don't mind hanging out with Tony's two kids because yeah. at least they kind of remember me and it's my best friend's kid. Right. This time I went down. His kids were with the, their mother and his girlfriend's daughter was there. Right. And I don't know the girlfriend that well. I met her once. Yeah. For like two, it's really awkward. Five minutes. And like I didn't meet her, and I was joking with him how I don't because I would come back to town, and he was like, "Oh yeah, she can't come out. She's watching kids, or she couldn't come to this or that, whatever." Right. So I started joking, and I was like, "She doesn't really exist, does she? Yeah. Like you're just making this all up." <laughs> so she started sending me Facebook friend requests and Instagram follows. I'm like, "Don't do that. I don't. I haven't met you yet. Right. Like, and now I know her, and right. I know her, and she's a sweet gal, and she's uh-huh. great and all. But I also didn't know her kids, so her kids like trying to play with me and hang. Her kids literally hanging off me. I'm like, "Hey, it's great that you're this friendly." Four-year-old girl, but right. I don't know you. Stop cuddling with me. Like, yeah. I, don't I feel like I need to be registered now yeah. somewhere. Like, but I'm like, I, I. But the other thing is, you know, I have a girlfriend now, obviously. But you know, I I would always show up to these things, you know, by myself, with a bunch of kids, no girlfriend. 
Yeah, like, if you're not a, if then you're I not, just feel weird. If you're not a goofball who wants uh, to wants to play around the kids and can ignore, so the then I'm just the guy in the corner getting hammered. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who wants to be that guy? I was that guy every time, and it just drove me crazy. So eventually, I was like, you know what? Screw it. Never going to a kid's birthday again. And I've ter- I've just I just throw them in the trash every time I see them. I'm like, kind of insulted. But I it's also nice though that they want to share. <laughs> Their kid, it is cool. Go, they want your kid to know you, and and I don't want you know I don't want to sound like I'm like insensitive or I don't care about my friends' kids because I do. I, I mean I adore all my friends' kids. They're all great. They're all <laughs> sweet angels. But um, yeah, I, I don't why know. why are you doing finger quotes? Why are you rolling your eyes? <laughs> I I just don't want to like spend. A why whole... are you giving me the jerk off motion <laughs> while you say that? <laughs> I just don't want to be that guy, man. You know. But now I guess I can bring my girlfriend and she can share in my. Share, share the joy. No, share the joy. Joy, yes. You know, that the joy I, of beer at a children's party. Exactly. Because <laughs> then I see, you know, then the F word starts flying out, and then I, I start getting dirty looks from the mom, and, you know, I don't know. This <laughs> is never a good ending. You know what I mean? I well, just usually end up throwing up in their bathroom or something. It's like, what's wrong with Chris? Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we're so used to being degenerates, but now we're starting to become like normal humans and normal adults that we don't know how to deal with it. Right. You know, like, like, wait uh, a second. What is all this normalcy? Why are these people being nice to their kids and being normal? Why isn't this guy doing drinking a bottle of Jameson with me? What's wrong with him? Why is, you know. They brought a, like, they brought a pony, and this is not a donkey show. Like, <laughs> right, right? Who's getting on their knees around here? Uh, why are the kids just riding? Wait, is that, is that donkey for later? No, it's for now. What? <laughs> like two in the afternoon. <laughs> but then you got like, for me, you know, we're just dirty, fucking punk rock kids, right? Growing up, yeah, like uh, popular band suck, pop band suck, rap yeah, yeah, band yeah. suck, and all this. Yeah. And I end up working for not one but two top forty radio stations. In my late twenties and now into my, into my early thirties, the weirdest part for me is watching all those other punk guys go, "Hey, I heard your segment on on the Jackson Blue show the other day." Uh, I'm like, why are you listening uh, to Z one hundred four three? Why are you listening to I, Top Forty? He goes, my my kids make me listen to it in the car. Yeah, yeah, my kids <laughs> make me listen. Like, no, they don't. You want? I'm, I'm going to play a game with you. Oh yeah, let's do uh, this. Let's do the. Uh, this is the first game ever played on. So what do you really do? Podcast. Let's do the iPhone <laughs> challenge. I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna scroll through and let you know what I have on here that is pretty embarrassing. All right, I got right off the bat Belinda Carlisle. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Belinda Carlisle. The no, Go Go's were okay, a punk cool, band. Cool. Boz Skaggs. I know the name. I'm playing. It was gonna be a country singer. Hold on. I definitely know the name, and I'm I'm blanking on it. Oh, this is just like '60s rock. Lido shovel. All right, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's still kind of like, why would he do have we, that? Do we want? Do we it's want? Do we want to challenge to see who can be, has the most embarrassing thing? Yeah. In their oh, we can definitely do that. All right, hold on. Go ahead. I'll, you you name two. Give me a second. Another right, you ready? I already got mine pulled up. It didn't take me very long. Oh, wait a second. Oh uh, no, I had to reboot my thing. So my most embarrassing thing wasn't on there. So <laughs> hold on, I can find another one pretty quick. I'm sure. Hold on. Oh, they're not on there. Yeah, you know what I did? I had to clear up a bunch of stuff on there. And for Hold some on. reason, my iPhone is just, my, my iTunes is just not even coming This up. segment has taken a nosedive. Thank God for editing and not making this I show know, live. Right? <laughs> Hold on. Which is another thing that I want to do is, if, like, I would love it if I got fired from my job in radio so I can get unemployment money to stay at home and try and build That's the, the American podcast dream. And, and, and 
build my podcast, build because I also do a promotional website for the local comedy scene. Oh yeah, where it's basically just a listing of all the comedy shows in town. Okay, um, and it's a Twitter account, it's a Facebook account, it's it's uh, it's a subreddit, just okay. promoting shows, just telling people where comedy shows are at, and I wish that made money so I could stay at home. All right. And the only reason I even did that, by the way, is because I felt I needed to find a a, 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 a connection to the the Boston comedy scene, mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, the Boston comedy scene. I felt like I wasn't connected to it at all, and well, that's the only that's reason a I did. Good way to get connected to yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So I found mine. Okay, go for it. All right, you ready? Hold on. Here we go. This is just like kind of off the top of my head. Who doesn't have this? Oh, is this Taylor Swift? Yeah. Who doesn't have this? <laughs> oh, I will defend her all day, all night. All right. um, okay, look, what is the most <laughs> embarrassing? I, and that's I, not I, even I, embarrassing. Like, honestly, I'll, oh, I own up it. to all this. I honestly, I own up to all this. But, you know, there's, you know, certain guys out there who are too tough and don't want to admit that they have some really questionable shit on their iPod. I will, I will counter your uh, Taylor Swift. Janelle Monae. I don't even know who this is. Janelle Monae? No. That hair? Black girl with the, the uh, crazy hair? That's old, though, isn't it? Is uh, she new? Uh, she's new. Yeah. I've never she's even like, heard of her before. She's, oh, no. She, yeah, she's uh, she's right. basically like uh, okay. she's like a female Bruno Mars. Okay. Well, I love Bruno Mars, too, though. So. Oh, Bruno Mars is the, pro- He's the man. All right. If there's two musicians who deserve the best musician of a decade award... Dave Grohl deserves it for the 90s. Mm-hmm. Dave uh, Grohl deserves it for the 2000s, too. He's still putting out but some crazy if we're stuff. But if, if we're going to have to choose between somebody to give, like, Dave Grohl deserves it for the 90s, and yes, the 2000s as well. Yeah. But if we're going to go, well, let's say, from 2010 to 20, 2020, that decade, mm-hmm. Bruno Mars gets the musician of that decade award. Yeah. We'll give we'll let uh, Dave Grohl have the 90s and the early 2000s. And you know, it's funny. He kind of really came into, like, came into his own, like, or, like, catapulted into like superstardom after the Super Bowl after his halftime performance of the Super Bowl he just, he just killed it and I was like not afraid to admit that Uptown Funk was like man when that song came on oh I yeah was he like, stole I was jamming on that song and that was the thing is he had already so many he wrote so many Grammy winning songs yeah. before he even broke out on his own yeah guy can he's got it man he's got it do we know if this is gonna be embarrassing no no that's Paramore? not embarrassing okay. no What's wrong I with Paramore? I love Paramore. She's cute. She's adorable. Yeah, Even she's though she's still married. To she that, married. Uh, yeah. Well, I think they got officially married. Jack? I know they've been together uh, from the guy from Newfound Glory. Yeah, Jack yeah, from yeah, Newfound Glory. yeah. I know now. The only reason I know this is because I follow her on Twitter. She. Uh, I follow Chad on on Twitter. I, I follow her. Twitter. I don't follow Chad. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but she started her own hair coloring business. Her own hair color. Wait, is Paramore Par- yeah, Paramore no longer a band? I think. Well, they've had a, bu- a couple of lineup changes. Okay. Uh, but I think they're still a band. They're just on a, a hiatus right now. Oh, I gotcha. But, yeah, when you're a punk, you... Shakira. Oh, okay. You don't expect to find this, this on somebody's like... iPod, and this is like, oh, my girlfriend. Do- yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my, my girlfriend downloaded. She got a hold of my phone one time. Yeah. And enough. she's, again, another one of those I love amazing the... amount of talent. I'm telling you. I, for a pop star. I really. And I'm I... not talking about hip shaking. Like, she can play. She can wail on a guitar. I don't disrespect good pop songs. I, I mean, if you don't love a good pop song, you're lying to me. Oh, I do have a Taylor Swift song on my iPhone. See, everybody In my, does. Uh, what is this, everybody Love? Everybody does. Is this from the... 
I don't even know what song this is. But anyway. Well, that's from her old school underground country days. Okay. I, I, you know what? There's also a lot of music on my here that might be more embarrassing. Um, I, I don't know what those songs are. You know, I'm Because scrolling. I download a lot of free ones from the Starbucks app, or I used to. You know what mine? You know what mine is? Mine's more of like from the eighty. Like I have like eighties ball, like love ballads on here. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. Like my iPod's filled with like Peter Cetera and <laughs> Eddie Money. And like how would women know that we love them so much if if we didn't have guys writing songs to tell them how we feel yeah, for us? If I can't sing the glory of love to my girlfriend, she's never gonna know how I feel about her. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, babe, you're so lucky. You will never find another guy to sing Peter Cetera to you. All right. Going back to work, though, when you're do, when you're doing the, the moving company stuff, uh-huh. like, do you iPod in listening, just ignoring stuff? What do you mean? Like, well, you, when I'm just, working, when you're working, you just put the headphones in and just no, they don't lift let heavy us, objects and move from one let, object to the yeah, other. No, they don't let us use headphones. They don't Is like it a safety it. issue. I think it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, it's more of like a presentation issue you know what i mean like if you're paying 180 dollars an hour and the whole crew is has their headphones in and they're not communicating they're not talking to anybody they're not paying attention to the customer then it's kind of like it becomes a thing yeah i guess there is that customer service aspect of it yeah when you're paying that much money and you're like you better like be personable with the guys with the customers have you ever had uh like have you ever had customers that refuse to talk to you I've had like every kind of customer that refused to talk to me. Like, like they kind of looked down at me. Yeah, the snooty. Yeah, sure. You're just manual labor. I'll talk to the boss. Sure. Well, now it's cool because I am. I'm like the boss, which is now they have to deal with me. When you get back, you know, (laughs) like it's cool. But yeah, for sure, man. Like it's unbelievable how, like, some people just like. You see what we're doing. You see that we're moving like your safes that weigh eight hundred pounds, and you see like. It's a brutal job, man. It's yeah. a brutal, well, brutal everyone's moved. job. <laughs> yeah, so everybody knows how Imagine, bad it sucks. Yeah, do it every day. day. It takes you to move, do it six days a week. Do it every day. Do it six, seven days a week. Um, Is there any point of it that seems organized? Well, finish your, your thing about these no, 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 no. I was just going to say, man, it's like it never fit, like, ceases, like, fails to amaze me like how just shitty people are sometimes. Yeah. You know, they see us hurting ourselves and, you know, Working 16 hours a day, man, it's happened before. And people are just like, eh, you know, these guys are just scumbags, you know, it's, or maybe that's not what they're thinking, but that's how we're, we can, you know. Yeah, they're, they're peons or whatever. Yeah. But, have you ever had the people, have you ever had, do you guys, like, have you figured out a flow? Like, is there a way to, that you guys have organized it to where, all right, when we do the job, it's this, this, and this, and this at least makes it easier to the organization. Sure, yeah. I mean, everybody kind of has their own thing they do that they specialize in, whether it's packing the truck, packing the back of the truck, or padding and wrapping everything, um, or carrying stuff. If you're not the the strongest guy in the team, you're going to be padding and wrapping, you know, furniture. Or if, you know, you specialize in this aspect. If you're really good at Tetris, you get in the truck. Exactly. So (laughs) we have guys, that's all they do. They don't, like, lift a single piece out of the house. They're on the back of the truck doing their thing. And I love it that way. I mean, that's, like, that's cool. I mean, I know this is, like, really fascinating stuff for people, but. Fascinating for me because. It's it's one of those things, man. Like I said, it's a brutal-ass industry, but. Yeah, you guys have to take something that everybody has done in their entire life and you have to make a business out of it. Yeah. Like, can you like stop for one second and think about, would you pay somebody to move outside of paying your friends beer and pizza? Dude, I think about it all the time and I'm like, 
this is so crazy when I see people on Facebook and they're like, I got to move, you know, moving out of my apartment, moving into a townhouse or whatever. I'll pay in pizza and beer. And I'm like, God, like, how did that become an acceptable form of payment to work for somebody for like eight to 10 hours a yeah. day, lifting up couches and TVs and, you know, beds and all that. I'm like, how is pizza and beer like the acceptable form of payment? Like, <laughs> who made that rule? Because whoever made that rule should be shot in the face. Or he should be given the keys to every company because yeah. he can sell. Yeah. <laughs> because I've done it before. I was like, man, yeah, sure. Oh, dude, the last two people I helped move, basically my payment was uh, one of them was another comedian. I helped him help him load up the truck to to move his wife to New York while he stayed here because mm-hmm. she was going to school, graduating school in New right. York. My payment for that was I got to do five minutes on his show the next night. Who was it? Uh, Anjan Biswas. I we are friends. I went to help him. Oh, okay, and then he was like, "Hey, uh, I, I." He literally asked to help. I was like, "I'm off. I was literally on vacation," and I was like, "Yeah, I'll help you out." Three fl- three flights of stairs. Oh my god! Not even like a, a you know what? Stairs. I don't even know what. stairs. I'm not even gonna like tell you b- that uh, stairs sucks, to a I do that like every other day. Right, yeah. So I don't feel I bad for you. I don't no, you bad. shouldn't feel bad for me. I but do. my payment for that was, <laughs> was I get to do five minutes on his show the next night that I probably would have gotten anyway because we're friends. <laughs> and then the other person I helped move was uh, a female friend of mine who literally I was the only person to help her move. What a sale. Her parents came up from Connecticut. And I'm not – and I say a female friend because I want to be adamant about the fact that I helped her move because I'm friends with her. Right. But she's also 12 years younger than me. And I don't want to have sex with somebody twelve years younger than me. So that, that like that was not a How factor at, at all. Thirty five. So what she's twenty two. Years- so she's thir- thirteen years younger. So than what? Me. So what's wrong with that? It's just it's a weird age gap for me. My girlfriend's twenty four, and you're thirty two. Thirty two, twenty four. That's not that bad. It's not terrible. That's eight years. But also she's she's twenty four. Well, she'll be it's 20, still better than twenty two. She'll be she'll be twenty five in June. Yeah. And I'll be 33 in July. So. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> it'll stay consistent eight years, probably for, throughout our. Yeah, it'll only stay eight years. Yeah, but yeah. there's also when you the older you get, the bigger the age gap gets. Yeah, but but then like when you're you, the but when you're gap. older, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, I like hanging out with her, but I don't. Uh, I we haven't hung out in like six months, but I like hanging out with her as friends. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to date her. No. But I did it because she's my friend, and she asked for help, and I helped you're a her. Nice. Guy. I'm a, I'm stupid nice. You're just a nice nice yeah, I'm guy. Stupid, uh, but no, no. <laughs> girls don't look at you like you're. Yeah, stupid. so my they're favorite like for that was a pack of cigarettes that I no longer smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been, I'm t- now because you were outside having a smoke, and I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh man, I really wish I could be outside having a smoke right now. Yeah, like eight weeks, maybe nine weeks now. Really? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry for rubbing in your face. No, 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 no. I'm. Not, it's not you. It, you know what? Though it's, it's not it's, you. It's freaking cigarettes, dude. We played in New York City last night. Cigarettes. I paid $14 for a pack of cigarettes. They're $12 here in Boston. No, I just paid like $9 for them. And I'm not saying that's like super, you know, like so much better. But Nine for? A pack. Of? Camel. Lights. Really? Yeah. Nine, nine even right next nine door. This, huh? Oh, I smoked Parliament. So Parliament yeah, was like, like 11 bucks. 11 really? bucks. Yeah, I, I smoked Parliament. I thought Parliament were like the minor leagues of cigarettes. Ah, I, I, I like them. Watch, dude. We should get on another subject because after this is wrapped up, you'd be like, oh, oh I'm man, Jones uh, and already. All right, man. Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, I about them camels you got. Like 12 bucks to, to, to <laughs> drop on that. Yeah. Dude, what was that? Who who was it that uh, I think it was Chris Rock or something? He's like, man, gas is so gas is so expensive. I'm at the pump making like life choices. like, <laughs> And it's like up here up north, man. I don't know how you guys survive. 
don't know how you guys do it. Well, New Hampshire. I guess cheaper. you just make lifestyle changes. Well, right? actually, everyone talks about how New Hampshire cigarettes are so much cheaper in New Hampshire. Yeah. They're literally the same price as Maryland. Well, I mean, I guess in Maryland they're six bucks a pack. Yeah. Oh God! When I went down there, I, I mean, yeah. if you, dude, if you go to New York, I couldn't afford to smoke. Yeah. I mean, what Bloomberg's doing, I get, and to get all political or whatever, but like. The, all the taxes and stuff. I mean, I guess it's working. I think it's crazy that that's even a thing. There's two ways that they're trying to make everybody not smoke is without illegal. One, they overtax it. Uh huh. Two, they make it impossible to smoke anywhere in public. That and all right. So uh, three, three things. things. The third thing is that a lot of places here, in Massachusetts, uh, they've done it. They're raising the smoking age to 21. Oh, really? Well, I know in um, I don't. I'm sure it's a nationwide thing, but they're doing it like a lot where. It's it's mandatory that you don't smoke for like employment purposes. Oh yeah, for you know, health, like, like they won't give you you won't get a job if you smoke. Yeah, it's crazy. Or your your it? healthcare premiums it's go up. Crazy. Well, I know healthcare. Like I get that. Yeah, that you makes know sense. I, mean? I understand that. Makes that. Sense. But it's also one of those things. It's like I don't know. I feel like even before I was a smoker, I would have been on this side of things where it's like let people smoke, let them do what they want to do. Right? Yeah, like either outlaw them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, just, I mean, the fact so that, like, marijuana is on the verge of being legal, you know, like, let, you know, what are you going to do? Just let people do what they want. Let them live their lives. If they want to smoke, let them smoke. If they want to pay astronomical prices, don't, you know, don't make it even more difficult for them to, you know, try to regulate where they can smoke or where they can't. You yeah, know trust I mean? me, it's super easy like, to get lotto tickets, and that's ruining more lives than cigarettes. What's crazy is, like, in Virginia, you can still smoke in bars. Like, oh, yeah. we went out the other night. It was really weird. You're still smoking bars in Virginia. And I think that might be one of the last places that you can because. Oh, yeah. no, in Florida, too. Florida, too, which is really weird. When you think about how many weird things go in Florida, that's not that weird. Florida is a very, very weird place. <laughs> Florida is a very weird so place. When you're when you're prepping for tour, since as somebody who's a smoker, do you do you stock up on cigarettes before you hit the road? Our guitar player just got a carton. It depends on where we're going, right? So, like um, Virginia, they're like four bucks a pack. So you wait till Virgi- you wait till you get to Virginia, and then you stock up. Um, uh, yeah, so that's I mean that's basically it. Or when we were in Europe, um, I got them on um, a ferry. We were on a ferry from the UK to no, I'm sorry, from France to the UK. Uh, so you get duty free. They call it duty free. It's yeah. like tax free. Yeah. Um, Same thing at the airport. Yeah. So you just, I just got like, I, I'll get a cart and like wherever we go, that's like super duper cheap. Um, and do it that way. I don't like going, I don't like go crazy and like stock up. That's not something that's like super important to me. Like yeah. I kind of, it's good if I don't have, you so, know. Yeah. It's best if you don't have the cigarettes. Yeah. You know, if they're not like readily available. We are talking about how <laughs> I know, terrible right? they are for each other. I know. Yeah. They're fucking horrible. But. But I mean, do you, is there anything in particular you stock up on before you go? It's like, hey, I know I like socks, socks. Yeah, like clean socks, boring stuff, man. Like we have sock, we have a clean, we have an unopened pack of socks is on our rider every night. Oh, really? You know, everybody thinks it's like crazy stuff on our rider. It's like really. So like, you actually, you actually have a rider? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's like necessities. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not anything crazy. It's just like. We get a bottle of Jack Daniels every night, case of beer, case of water, and socks. That's it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, is it a pack per person or a pack for? No, a- it's just a, it's like a big like um, um, pack of like twenty socks from like okay. you know. But whatever, because when you get off stage, yeah, there's no better feeling than than clean, clean socks. socks. 
you got to have clean socks. Oh, man. So you stock up on clean socks. I don't really stock up on anything really in particular because everything I'm like, I'll just, if I come across it, like if I realize I need it, I'll, I don't have a problem going out and getting it yeah. when I'm on the road. It's usually like body wash and stuff like that. Well, it's one of those things you that know? you, like, I, like, even when I go back to Baltimore for a week, yeah. I always have to do that math of what do I need? What can I live with a week without? Right. What do I not want to have? Right. What can I? What can I buy in Baltimore? Or what can I? What do I not want to buy in Baltimore? Right. Like I bring my, I make sure I bring soap because I don't want to have to buy soap when sure. I'm down there. Because you know how impossible it is just to buy one bar of soap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who buys soap anymore? It's yeah. body wash. Uh, I'm still an Irish Springs oh, guy. Oh, dude, you gotta give it the times. It's 2016. My roommate. What are you doing? One of my roommates like uses an alien. Price body body body. That's wash. great. Is it? I mean, it's just oh, like yeah. soap. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your roommate probably smells 100,000 times better than you do. Have you lost a phone charger a while Oh, before? yeah. I've gone through, like, two phone chargers. I just leave them in hotel rooms or, like, uh, backstage. See, and I've, I'm lucky enough that I've never done that, but I know I've left things at places but never a phone charger. Yeah. We leave phone chargers everywhere. We just had to, we had to get Well, some... I worked at a hotel. I know how, how often people leave phone chargers, which... It's like how it's do you weird. leave it? But when you when you're late when you're like five minutes late for lobby call yeah, and you have yes. to like get everything Gather. together and you got to run out, it's easy to leave them behind, man. Or it's easy to leave them behind at dressing rooms when you've been drinking for six hours and you're like, fair enough. You know, it's very easy to lose them. Like the only you. way I've lost a charger is I've lent one to somebody and then forgot I lent it to them. That's the only phone chargers I've lost. That's that happens too. Because I have, like, I have a phone charger. I have phone chargers to phones that aren't even mine. Right. That's how paranoid I am about phone chargers. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing I, I fear the most our, losing is our phone first, chargers. Uh, our first day, I plug my phone charger. So we kind of have, like, in a van, we have, like, a port, you know, which is, it has, like, it has, like, four USB ports, you know? So the first day, CJ sits all the way in the back of the van, and he's like, I need a cord that's, like, long enough to reach back here. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and use mine. Cause I had one of those like six foot long cords. Oh, I got a 10 foot at home. Yeah, yeah. So it was like perfect. So he like, that was it. That was, you know, my charger was gone. So I'm like, all right, the boss <laughs> needs my charger. So, you know, I'm gonna let him do it. And then I'm like, all right, no problem. I'll just get like a $7 charger at seven eleven or something, whatever. And, um, so then I go out and I get a charger and then I leave that behind at a hotel or something like that. <laughs> You know, but like CJ's like relying on my charger because he's sitting all the way in the back. He needs that length, you know what I mean? And and then next thing you know, you're like, wait a second, I've bought three fucking chargers so far in this tour. Like, what is wrong with me? So it's just <laughs> it's easy, man. It's like things that you just you're like, wait, you're buying like that many such you know fill in the blank, and you're like, yeah, and this is why. And then it's like, ah, yeah, I guess. I can Let's see talk it. about phone chargers. How different has touring now been? Compared to like when we were kids and none of us had cell phones. We didn't really mess around with GPSs on my first few tours. It was all old school maps, you know, dealing with like, and then cell phones are like so much more reliable now. God, bands these days have it so much easier. Oh yeah, 100%. And I don't mean to sound like just like some old, like bitter guy. I'm just saying like, when you look at what band, if you want to start a band, if you're like 16 years old, 15, 14, you know, however old, and you want to start a band right now, it's like the perfect time. You know, just not even on like cell phones, just like everything. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make promoting it, you can just shows. send a Facebook message. Promoting or shows. <laughs> Who goes to Kinko's anymore? I'm like, my old bands used to keep Kinko's in business. I'm like, totally sure of that. We used to spend so Dude, much I used time to have there. A Staples membership card. Yeah. 
just so I could get money back for yep. making more and more yep. flyers. And now it's like, all right, yeah, he's good at Photoshop. Make him make a flyer, and then we'll post it out to everybody on Facebook. And there you go. That's your promotion. Yeah. There's no more like going around and handing flyers out. I mean, we spend hours and hours, and we would book a show like in Waldorf for anybody that doesn't know. Like we, my band was like you know right outside of Baltimore, which is about an hour away from Waldorf ish. And we would go, we'd be playing a show in Waldorf and we'd drive down to Waldorf and we'd have hang out at the mall in Waldorf, St. Charles yeah. Town Center. We'd hang out down there for like six hours and all we would do is go up to kids like that looked like they'd be interested and hand out flyers all day long. Go out in the parking lot and stick them under uh, windshield wind- wipers. Wind- windshields, yeah. And I'm like, man, like now I look at it and it's like, I haven't gotten handed a flyer to a show. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I did. I was just flying for a comedy show the other day and yeah. it felt weird. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do and it I every couple of months. But. Let me tell you something. If I'm walking down, if I'm walking through a mall and a kid with a mohawk comes up to me and hands me a flat, I'm going to that kid's show because I respect the work. I respect no. the work ethic. And I'm like, you're And band- if he makes it on a uh, photocopy machine with cut, yeah, cut, even cut, better. cut out pictures, even better. it's like, I don't know if you're a kid anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you fall through a time warp? Right. <laughs> but that's just, the work ethic's gone. I mean- I'm just saying, like, we didn't have cell phones back then when we were touring and we were playing shows and we would get, you know, taken out to a show. We'd get driven out to a show without a ride back, you know, like we'd get friends and I'd be like, well, I can drive you there, but I can't drive you back. So we'd load up all our equipment, get out there and we'd be calling on pay phones, you know, calling people to to come pick us up. But that was like, that was the, you know, it was a punk thing, man. It was like... It's just tough, anything, man. To, anything to do the show. Yeah. You know? it, all that mattered was that 30 minutes that you were on stage. That's You do what you have to do from breaking the law to, you know, just like, yeah. I mean, we were t- telling stories about like what it was like before like the internet and before all that stuff. It's insane. Like what we, what well, we all went promoting, through. Like even promoting. promoting yeah. out there. Like, it's, you have so it's impossible. You, you would just. You would print out CDRs or copy CDRs, and you'd get a hundred CDRs made, and you'd stick them in the stick them in the sleeve, and you'd write your band name on it, and the website if you had one, and um, I, if you had one, nobody updated it. No, it was a dot tk. It was never a dot com because or, the only bands that were like really worth a shit were dot com bands, you know. Like or remember dot uh, dot two. It was uh, like listen to, yeah, or yeah. drink to, yeah, yeah. Like that, uh, uh, that we were a D, we were a TK band, and then we were a .dot net band. And once <laughs> it's so funny, man. Once we once we became a .dot net band, it was like we've like we're doing something. We're like going places. It was funny, like how that worked out. Like I mean, shit. I mean, that just means we're paying for it, but it looks so much more professional. Like on you know eight by tens or whatever. You know, it just felt like so much better, but. These kids, man, God bless them. They were just born in the right generation. Yeah. Because, but, but you still have to be talented. You st- well, no, you don't. You don't even have to be talented anymore. <laughs> All you need to do is be cute and you'll oh, get. Yeah, you're right. Look. I'm sorry. Is it, being cute's not a talent? Look. <laughs> it's not. I get, no, it's not. <laughs> When ask Instagram models how much ta- how much skill it takes to look that good all the but time. That's but what, that's what that's exactly what I'm yeah. saying though. Is you look at Instagram models, you look at people that are popular on Facebook or YouTube. The only thing that uh, the reason they're popular is because they're subscribers because they have a hundred thousand subscribers or a million subscribers or whatever, and they're dumb as rocks or their band sucks, at, but their Facebook you know has a, a hundred thousand likes on it. And that's what people Pretty like marketable. That's yeah. That's all people care about. 
that's what that's the first thing that record labels say when you're trying to get signed to them is like, social media. What's your social media look like? Oh, you've only got ten thousand likes on YouTube on Facebook. See ya, hit it. Yeah, you know, and then they'll then the next bullshit band that comes through that has fifty thousand. They're like, all right, we're kind of interested, but that band fucking sucks compared to the band that only has a thousand likes on it. Yeah. And think and about it, how if you sold ten thousand CDs from if, if the Rockville sold ten thousand CDs, yeah. like that would be ridiculous. Humongous. It humongous. It would be, be the biggest band. In, you'd be yeah. the biggest band in Baltimore yeah. if you sold ten thousand CDs but, on your own. But no, ten thousand likes on Facebook means nothing. No, but 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 that's the thing, man. It's like it's such a, it's just so, like the music industry now is just it's so just plastic, you know. Any band that's coming out now, I just, you, I'm just not impressed anymore. You know, maybe I'm just old and bitter. I'm just not all this new band- stuff that's coming. Out, I really have to dig deep, and I really have to like sift through so much bullshit to be like this band is worth something to me. Like I really, really like this band. I we just started listening to a band called Volbeat. I've never heard yeah. them before. Awesome band, and apparently they're huge. But the only two bands in the past like five years that uh, new bands that have like gotten my radar and made me excited, and I've, I listened to Churches and Twenty One Pilots. Okay, and it's because Twenty One Pilots so original sounding. Yeah, like I've heard nothing like them before. I don't even know who they are. I've never okay. heard them. Yeah, they're an <laughs> alt rock band. Yeah, uh, but it's two guys, and it's kind of a techno-y rap, right. but it's still kind of rock thing. Okay. And then Churches, which is like a Scottish uh, synth pop band. Okay, again, really popular. They were right. just here the other night, and I missed them. Uh, their lead singer is a very attractive female. Okay, so that's one thing that leads to. But they're really good. Like they sound like. A clear Depeche Mode influence. So, like, if you're a Depeche Mode fan, you would love Churches because it's you're listening to somebody. They are Churches is to to there's the Churches Churches sound which like they spelt with a V instead. Right. Of a I, I mean, I've seen them on flyer. Or they, on, their sound yeah. is to Depeche Mode what the Rockvilles are to the Ramones. Like, it's such a clear influence, influence but but they are their own band still at the same okay. time. Right. Right. That's but, cool. I mean, look. I'm all about, I'm all about you know giving bands their due when they deserve it, but yeah. there's just so much shit out there that I'm. There's a lot of garbage. I'm just not. But I try to just not think about the garbage and just go. It's eh, hard though else when it's that. shoved in your face and like that's all you're seeing. And you turn on the radio and you're just like, how are these bands like? You know they're selling millions of records, and they're you know they're all millionaires. They're living in mansions. Like how is this possible when? I just played in a. I just played with a band the other night that is ten times, you know, better. more better, and yeah. they're, they're like they're making peanuts. You know what I mean? They're not Dude, even every time paid, I take my earphones out crazy. at the gym and I hear the music playing in the gym, I go, "Yeah, this is on." Like there was, I don't even know who it was. I, you know, I I shazammed it because I needed to find out who this artist was, so I never listened to her right, again. Right, right. Um, and I think actually it's a dude who hired a chick singer. It was a techno song of uh, a mama and the papa's song. Uh, I can't remember the song. Whatever oh, it is, uh, but... California Dreaming. Yes, that's exactly what it was. It's California Dreaming. Oh uh, yeah, I've never but it heard had the none of the harmonies to it. Oh really? And I was like, you're ru- you're you've it's one woman singing to us to to a synthesized version of it, and it's like you ruined what made that song great, and it's the four part harmonies yeah. of that song. Like yeah. you eliminated all that. Yeah. Like even if you hit the harmonies with your little keyboard right. presses, that would have been a step in the right direction, but. The woman sings on on the track. Sings very nice. She's right. a good singer, 
but this was four singers singing in harmony together. Yeah. Like that's what made California yeah. Dream by the Mamas yeah. and Papas yeah. an amazing song to this day to listen to. Right. That's what makes the Beach Boys amazing to listen to is those vocal harmonies yep. that they worked hours on. In and the now studio. it's like, and, and now you don't that. even have to do it anymore. You just go in there and you can digitally do, you know, um, and put all those, you know, all the voices through synthesizers and auto tune and come out with the new Beach Boys. Yep. You know, but you know what? The thing that I do like is that all these bands that are coming out that we're talking about, they all get exposed eventually. Once they once they start playing live, they all get exposed. It's all garbage after they. But you know, the audience doesn't care about that. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> People that really know music, real music fans, they all know. I try and, not to let the music bother me anymore. Like years ago when I started working for the top 40 stations, the reason I worked for them was because. I wanted to work more. I needed the money. Sure. Needed to work more. So I was like, yeah, I'll take this job at this station. You take whatever job Dude, you I can. I worked at a gospel station. You too take whatever job you can exactly. in that industry. Sure. And I made myself go, look, even though I don't like it, somebody else does. Music is subjective. No one will ever look at music the same way I do. I will never say that something sucks. Because even if you're a bad artist, it still takes some modicum of talent. Like, we can hate Justin Bieber all day and all night. He's right. still better at the guitar than I am. He's still, yeah. That's He's a better singer that takes than me. Talent. Sure. Right. That, so there is some skill involved. That, like, right. there's a, a you know, say what you want about Jeff Dunham, the comedian who does the puppets. Yeah, ventriloquism is yeah. a very hard talent. Right. Say what you want. You may not like his jokes, which, ugh. But but there's a market. There's still tar- talent for them. Right. Still, that's right. Yeah. Dude, I've worked, I've done an event with the blue collar comedy guys uh-huh. before I started doing comedy. I, when I was with Sirius XM doing a job for them. Right. And I will tell you this: say what you want about Larry the Cable Guy not being funny. In the room talking to him, one of the best comedic timings I've ever witnessed in my entire life to this day. Yeah. The man has perfect comedic timing. Yeah. So, I, you know what? I, st- I took a picture with him, and he went, get her done, and I almost punched him. Yeah. That was the last <laughs> thing I wanted to hear him say right. after me going, you know what? He's a cool guy. Yeah. I always thought he was a local guy growing up in Baltimore. When he, remember yes. when he would go on KML? Get, dude, and I'm and like, who is this guy? I'm like, he's really funny. That like, worth ec- uh, work ethic. He sat at, he was yeah. from Florida, yeah. and he would call radio stations yeah. across the country every day. Yeah. I thought he was like, I, thought, I literally thought he was Same a cable here. guy from Baltimore who Same would call here. up and just say That's these what dumb his, jokes. Dude, again, say what you want about ten years tell later. It's like, whoa, that is that is hard work yeah. to do that. To, uh, oh, right. you get to call a radio station every day. Right. No, dude, he put in footwork right. to get these radio morning shows right. to let him on the air. Yep. You don't he's, see, and that's he's got to kill it every time, or the you know he's good for one time, and if he sucks, you're never hear from him again on that station. So yeah. obviously, he was doing something right. Yeah, it, it, I know, thought he was funny back then, and then he started putting out all the movies. And like, I'm not a fan of his stand up comedy. Just, you know, I kind of like edgier stuff or whatever. I'm a big fan of Bill Burr, but... Oh, Bill Burr's amazing. You know, I'm like, com- compare Sold Bill... Sold out 18 shows here at the Wilbur Theater. I don't doubt a tw- it. A 2,000-seat, 1,800-seat uh, theater sold out 18 shows. 18, and how many days? Uh, like, over two-and-a-half-week period. Okay. Like, because they, uh, they just kept adding shows. So it was almost 18 consecutive Like, he could have... He filled uh, Madison Square Garden three times. With the amount of people that he... I think I think that's what it was. That like, I, I worked it out. I was like, why don't you just do Madison Square Garden? Well, it's <laughs> Or like, not Madison. Um, TD Garden. The Boston Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Madison. Yeah. Boston Garden. He could have filled Boston Garden, I think, one-and-a-half, two-and-a-half times, something yeah. like that. It's like, dude, why didn't you just do that What's well, the Netflix thing, man? That's where his uh, he didn't from. record any of it for Netflix. He he did. No, I'm saying that's where. Oh yeah, because we, yeah, because I never really was familiar. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy from Chappelle Show or whatever. He was kind of funny in Chappelle Show and this little 
few little things mm-hmm. that I saw him in. And then I started watching him on Netflix, those stand-up specials he had. I really started paying attention to him. Like, this guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's a genius. But that's, like, who I listen to, like, stand-up-wise. Uh, um, I just never really was kind of like a – I felt like Larry the Cable Guy was more of, like, a, a niche comic who yeah. kind of aimed to one specific crowd. I mean, in the South, let's yeah. not be – you know, let's not <laughs> lie about it, but um, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of thought like he was cheap laughs and stuff like that. But I, but back in the day, man, when he was on ninety eight rock, that was like every time Larry also, called in, like, I was like, man, 12. I was like, this guy is hilarious. Yeah. But then again, it's because I literally thought he was a cable guy. Yeah, he just thought he was a regular smell. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's it's. Uh, anyway, all right, so. Let's wrap this up because you yep. got an, the best meal of the entire tour to That's go That's what eat. I'm hearing. I don't know. I don't know. There's a Dunkin' Donuts right next door. So if it sucks, I'm going for a glazed donut, which might God, be you know better what? than the dinner. I, the de- glazed donuts are great, but what I love from Dunks is a, uh, just a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant. I had the which sausage, egg, and cheese croissant this morning. Sausage, but, you know, their bacon sucks. But I had it this morning. It's and still I had, having um, bacon, though. I had um, – they have the cookie dough iced coffee. And oh, yeah. I always feel like I always feel I like coffee. dude. I always feel like such a like a sissy when I go in and order. So I'm always like real. I'm like, you guys still have that um cookie I, dough? You guys it? still have that cookie dough flavor? I'm sorry, sir. You don't have to speak yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, um, <laughs> let me write this down for you. Like that's. <laughs> can I have but, the cookie dough? Can, man, shh, it was can like, I have the cookie dough. One cookie dough. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's for yeah, my girlfriend. Yeah, it's yeah. Her. It's for my girlfriend. She's in, she's in the car right now. Um, I always feel like a sissy, but I had that this morning. I was like, man, this is the best breakfast I've had on tour so far. Because right now it's just like complimentary breakfast in hotels every morning. I'm like, there's Dunkin' Donuts right across the street from the hotel. Killed it, man. I'm so good. How far is the? How far usually are hotels from where you play? We usually stay. Try to we try to stay outside of this, the city that we're playing in. Okay. Just because cheaper. And, well, no. Well, yeah. I mean, we're. I don't want to. When is this there? We're staying. We're staying. Actually, stay- I'm gonna. Well, I'm not gonna. To be honest with you, I'm starting to do like all month. June, I'm gonna. Uh-huh. I'm doing all my podcasts with radio people. Oh, okay. And then I'm gonna do July all musicians. So oh, I'm probably gotcha. gonna. If that's not a problem, I'm gonna oh, air okay. this in July. No, that's all good. Yeah. So we're staying in Lexington, uh, Massachusetts tonight. We just try to stay like kind of outside of where we're we're playing. Not only because it is a little cheaper than staying inside Boston or New York City or DC or wherever you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like a safety thing too. You know. It's no, see, real, that's something I've never had to think about. But it's real easy when you're playing at a shithole club and the bouncer who's addicted to meth, you know, wants to rip off the band and all he has to say is, oh, where are you guys staying tonight? Oh, we're staying at the Holiday Inn right down the street. Oh, cool. And then he calls his buddy up and then next thing you know, you go out to go to the next city the next morning and your fan's ripped off. You know what I mean? So it's like we has always – it's a safety thing. Have, uh, okay. Has that ever, have you ever had anything stolen on tour? No, I haven't. But I the, know we've had friends who have. Like, the Huntingtons have. Okay. Like my the band I play in now, um, I was not in the band at the time. Those probably happened like ten years ago. They were in Dallas, Texas, and got their entire, all their stuff ripped off. Like um, the the trailer lock got broken, and they just whoever just cleaned them out out in Dallas. Um, nothing like that has personally happened to me. Thank God. Yeah, but, I'm not, I've seen so many friends where it's like my it's guitar. Bad, the, I put my guitar in the car at the, yeah. after our set. Yeah. Come back in the car and the windows are smashed. We always take all of our guitars and everything in the uh, in the hotel room with us. So it's like if you want to steal anything in there, yeah, it's going to be fucking damn hard for you to go ahead and 
Break you know, lug bathroom. everything out. I mean, who wants to carry out like our you know base cabs and stuff like that? Yeah. So we take what we can, like the most valuable stuff. It's really guitars, because if you know our stuff gets ripped off, we still have our guitars. We can still make it work. You know what I mean? You don't have to like go home after you know if your van's robbed. Do you guys have a driver? Or yeah, we have a driver. Us? We got a we got a driver, merch guy, kind of all in one. He's he's like a jack of all trades on the road. So that's good. Yeah, he's really taking care of us. So, fortunately, I drove six hours though. I drove six hours straight. Uh, I don't even know what states I drove out when we were driving from. Um, when we um, drove from New York to Texas, I don't know what state I drove through, but I drove from like two. No, I drove from Virginia down through somewhere. I forget Tennessee. I think. I think I drove from it's just like. A blur I think I drove from sides. Virginia to Tennessee. Uh, for like six or seven hours, um, overnight. So that's like the extent of my driving. So all right, and let's w- let's do the hacky radio interview question. So, uh, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened on this tour? The craziest thing on this <laughs> tour? Well, uh, we or had, any tour? Well, uh, let's other, let's end it with a hacky here, radio here radio about, story right. joke, a radio so, question. So we're in Atlanta the other night, mm-hmm. and um. CJ gets contact to say he wants to. Uh, this guy wants to propose to his girl on stage. So we're like, yeah, that's cool. Ugh, like I you hate know, that it's it is kind of hacky, but it's like so. It's like nobody cares. Yeah, but hey, it's not. He never had it before. Man. I was kind of yeah, surprised about this. So he's like, yeah, sure. I, you know, the whatever. nightclub I used to do. We used to do a live broadcast from a nightclub in DC. Yeah. all the time, dudes asking yeah. if they could get on the mic to propose for their their right. girl in front right. of the nightclub right. in front of a hip hop club in <laughs> DC in I'm Northeast sure DC. That. It's like. No, yeah. like you should uh, like, come on, dude. I met my girl at this club. It's like, right, right. You, that's more of a reason why you should not get married. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we had, um, so we had a proposal that night, but that same night, like, I want to say, I don't know if it happened before or after. It's kind of a blur at this point. Um, a girl got punched in the face by a guy. Jesus Christ. Right in front of CJ. Um, but we didn't really know what was going on. We just saw it was a regular fight. Um, because the guy just started getting like, he just started getting lumped up by security really bad. And, um, but by the time we found out, I'm like, I'm kind of thinking about, it. I'm like, hey, go figure it happens in the South happens in Georgia. You get a proposal and you get a domestic <laughs> in the same show. And I'm like, you know, I love Georgia. I love the South. I'm all about some Southern hospitality, but I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> so, among other things, yeah, that was probably the the high the highlight and the low light of the tour, I guess. So, nothing really crazy, man. We're all old, you know. We're no, all yeah, we're, we're all that. old. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we don't want to do anything crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. New Orleans was New Orleans was kind of crazy. We had an off night in New Orleans. That was that was kind of crazy, but a little. Fuzzy. I don't really remember anything from New we're Orleans. Just walking from keg to keg. Yeah, on we were just on, we on Bourbon Street. I remember how bad it stinks. Bourbon oh, really? Street stinks, man. Oh, just you know what? Watch I'm from a, a distance. Go I just for a applied day. to. I just well, I just applied to a comedy festival in New Orleans. I'm hoping to hear back from. Right. In the positive, even though I have no vacation time left to go, so which means if I go, I'm going and not getting paid from work. Yeah. Like I've did two comedy festivals so far this year, and between that. No, I've burned out all my vacation time between those two, and and actually I burned it up uh, because I've been in and out of the hospital the past six months. Oh, That's yeah. what we'll talk about off air. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I've spent all my vacation time this year uh, through just doing two comedy festivals and going back to Baltimore for right. one of them. Right. So 
not, if I get accepted to this festival, it's either going to be like a one day, like go down and come back right. overnight or just not get paid from work. Yeah. So, but yeah. anyway, all right. Do what you love, right? So now, well, now you got three hours before you're set. Yeah. That's the worst, isn't it? Just the rush to it's get sitting around, around man. And waiting. Yeah. It's, we normally, sometimes we go back to the hotel. Other times we're just kind of laying back. If we have a dress, if we have a dressing room, you know, just like sleeping on couches and stuff. Just yes, taking a nap. Yep. So. Or right. it's walking around the city and getting drunk and then coming back, ruining the show. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's not much to do in this part of summer. Yeah, I've got a couple of buddies of mine coming from the sh- coming coming out tonight. So oh, I word. just got a text from one. He's he's out front. So. Um. Yeah, we'll have right. a good time, man. Cool. I've right. I've been looking forward to this show for a long time. Good. So. I've been looking forward to to, to hanging out with you because yeah. I can't. Do, I've literally been trying to think of when was the last time we saw each other. Uh I don't think either of us can come up with it. Yeah, maybe, we've gotten to that point where we've essentially be maybe at Blarney Stone. Maybe I, probably. I feel like we probably that sounds about right. Touch base at Blarney, at Blarney Stone. <laughs> Cross paths at the Blarney Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Blarney Black Stone up. in Fells Point, South why we Broadway Street. It's probably why, why we, we don't, don't remember. remember. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's get. Uh, let, I'm going to let you go eat your meal, and I'm going to uh, pack up this gear and Sounds get ready for good. the show. All right. Hello. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up? Hey, nothing much, buddy. All right. Hey, hey, the phone's working. <laughs> Yay. So, hey, Chris, just wanted to catch up with you uh, now that the the first tour is over with, and you guys are going to be gearing up to go do Europe in what next month? No, and like uh, we leave. I leave on Wednesday. I go to New oh, York. Geez. We get two days. We get two days of rehearsal up in Long Island, and then we fly out of New Jersey to Barcelona on Friday. So that's coming up this week. All right, and uh, the reason I wanted to catch up with you because we we went over a little bit about this, but I wanted to wait until the tour was over to figure out uh, to see if there was. But uh, the beginning of the tour was you guys had a lot of car problems at the beginning of the tour, didn't you guys? And we did. We had a lot of car problems. Um, it was. Uh, I think we ended up. Uh, dumping close to four thousand dollars into van repairs uh, oh my God. within the first two weeks of the tour. So, uh, and it started before we even left. It started when it was before, yeah, before we even drove out of the driveway. We <laughs> noticed that we had a big leak underneath the, the van, so we're like, "We gotta go get that checked out first. And then it was just it snowballed from there, man. It was just oh, it was a, it was killer when it came to the van. But um, we were good. Uh, I'd say like two weeks in, we finally got like, we got all the small repairs done to the point where it was like, all right, everything's good. The van's fine. You you know, the van never ran better. So until the last, until on our way home, that was like, <laughs> that was like the grand finale of van problems. Well, uh, what was the, what was so, the last one that happened? We were in, we just played, um, where did we, uh, we played we played just north of the Canadian. We played in Canada, right up near Niagara Falls, and I honestly I don't remember the St. Catherine. I think we played in St. Catharines um, uh, in Canada, and uh, we were just south of Syracuse, New York, on our way back. And um, it was I don't know. It was probably five in the morning. And we slammed into a deer. Oh, Jesus. At five in the morning. Yeah. Everybody was asleep in the back and the driver slammed into it and uh, didn't see it till the last second. And um, it, totaled the, it totaled the van. Was that nobody was hurt though, right? No, no. Everybody was cool. You know, everybody, everybody, everybody was good. Um, just kind of shaken up, I guess, like initially. And then 
um, reality kind of set in when we were stranded at a gas station because the van was undrivable at that point. Uh, the front end, it looked like we drove into a brick wall. The fluids, everything was everything that's fluid in a van or a car. I'm not, I'm not good with vans or cars. I don't know anything, but every fluid that, that goes into one was just gushing out of it. I mean, it was like a stream down the um, uh, the parking lot of the gas station we were in. Oh, so we were stuck there um, from about five thirty until we could really start making phone calls to get you know, make arrangements until about nine. Cause that's when every, everything opened up. So you're um, stuck there on the road, five thirty in the morning till about nine in the morning. No. Well, we ended up, I was there. Um, U-Haul came and ended up picking me and CJ up. That was last. We got, we ended up getting out of there around 1230. Oh Jesus. You had to, you had to sit there until something, until all the offices opened up that you could call and just like, Hey, can you exactly. set a truck? So can you insurance? There was really nothing we could do. And everything was, we were in such like a kind of a remote, remote area that the closest thing was 30 miles away, you know? Um, but, um, our guitar player and our tour manager are brother-in-laws, if that makes sense. So yeah. our tour manager is married to our guitarist's, uh, sister. So she came up from Manhattan, which it, which was like two hours away or something and um, picked those two up and they drove back to the city. They ended up hitting a deer on their way back too. So. <laughs> the deer in New York don't like CJ Ramone. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't play around up there. It's, it was crazy. Um, and then Josh, our guitar player um, got a, got a rental car and got picked up. Um, by Enterprise or somebody came and picked him up <laughs> and took him back to the, their office and he hopped in a car and drove back to Ocean City, Maryland where he lives and then um, finally we had to wait for a junkyard because CJ just couldn't leave the van there so he had to make arrangements with a, with a junkyard and they came and uh, picked it up and um, so we couldn't go anywhere until that was taken care of and that was around noon so Ultimately, by the time we got the U-Haul loaded up with all of our equipment from, and everything else in the van, I mean, it was probably it was 12, 30, 1 o'clock. So we ended up getting back to Long Island probably around 6 or 7. And then um, I picked my car up because my car was at DJ's house. And then I drove straight to Ocean City because my girlfriend was there. And the original plan was to meet in Ocean City at like, <laughs> like 1 in the afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't get I didn't get there until about two or three in the morning. So, oh, so about twelve hours later. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. absolutely. Because and then once we we hit New York City at like five o'clock, and anybody that's ever driven through New York City around rush hour knows how insane that is. Oh yeah. So I mean, it was just it was luck was not on our side after then. But all the Cana all the Canada shows were great. They were all fantastic. So it was I mean it was worth it. it the uh, you know the end result sucked but you know it was the trip was definitely worth it so how many uh at the beginning of the the of the tour when the with the van problems how many shows did you guys end up missing we didn't miss anything oh wow that that's was like great. the cool thing yeah that was the cool thing about it is that every time that van broke down it was like it sucked but it was like it couldn't have been like in a better situation you know what i mean like we broke down like right down the street from a from a uh mechanic shop you know or you know it was like it just it really couldn't have worked out better you know 
when you're trying to find like a silver lining in a like a really crappy situation, <laughs> it really worked out really good for us every single time. We you know, we were really lucky on that on that end. So mm-hmm. luckily, uh, we had a lot of problems with the van, but. It didn't ruin any parts of the tour. It just made it significantly longer and more troublesome, basically. It only made it longer because of the the last, you know, like the trip trip home. Everything else was like kind of just a pain in the ass because we'd have to get up earlier in the morning and go get the van fixed before we leave for the next city, you know? So, you know, it wasn't like, um, you know, it didn't really hinder anything, really. I mean... It was a pain in the ass because it seemed like every other day there was something new wrong with it or you'd hear a shaking in the back that wasn't there the day before and you're like, what the hell now? And come to find out it's, you know, uh, fill in the blank that's going to cost us $1,000 and, you know, it was crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it was just like the only thing that really extended the trip, obviously, was the deer in the end. Yeah. And that was just – that really sucked because – for anybody that's ever been on a long tour, I mean, we were out for a month. We we finished up, we played our last show, and we were all just ready to go. We were just like ready to get home, you know, see our you know see our wives and girlfriends and everybody else. And um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't in the cards. So that was the only thing that really like extended the trip. So on Wednesday, when you leave for the uh, tour in Europe, are you guys bringing your own personal mechanic with you just in case? We should, right? <laughs> no, we ha- we have um just have a mechanic on retainer. I know, right? We have a our booking agency over in Europe is like they've got everything covered, like super professional setup and they hook us up with like really nice vans over there. So we don't have any problems over there. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um but no, we last time we were there it was we didn't have a single car issue or van issue at all. So I'm hoping that's um that that happened again, so all right. Well, I'm glad you guys are okay, and I want I, I want you and the rest of the band have fun and uh, be safe in Europe when you guys leave in the next two or three days. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. And All if right. I could plug something real yeah, quick, yeah, please do. Um, plug away, bro. It just got announced. We haven't we haven't announced it officially yet, but um, oh, am I breaking news? Am I podcast breaking news? <laughs> not really. Not really. It's uh, it's just some show, shows coming up. My other band, the Huntingtons. Um, as soon as we get back from this tour uh, in the end of August, we're coming up. We're playing upstate New York on uh, September 16th. We're playing in Flushing, New York, and then on September 17th, we're playing at and we're playing at Koto. I don't know Koto. if it's Koto or Kodo. Kodo. It's a uh, sushi restaurant. It's actually a really good sushi restaurant. Okay, cool. And then on the 19th, on the 18th, we're playing at Firehouse 13 in Providence, Rhode Island. So for anybody that's up there that wants to come out and hang out, we'll be up there. So that would be cool to see everybody. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll wrangle up some people and we'll head up and uh, I'll see. I'll be there and we'll wrangle up some friends and see you again. That would be a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure seeing you. All right, pleasure, bro. All right, be safe. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Take it easy, buddy. Bye. And there you have it, my podcast with good friend Chris Eller, drummer, uh, works at a moving company, lifting heavy objects for rich people who can afford to pay movers to move their stuff, and they're too dainty to move it themselves. That's probably an unfair thing to say. I'm sure most of his customers are very nice. Uh, and hey, you know what? I've moved plenty of times, and if I had the money to pay somebody else to do it, I would. So, And by the way, take it from a mover guy. If you're going to have your friends help you move, eh, give them something a little more than pizza and beer. We all love pizza and beer, and it's fun and great and wonderful, but maybe... Maybe they'll appreciate something a little bit more. I don't know. Like I said, people usually don't pay me to help them move. They just 
You know what? I'm really good at Tetris. That's why I like helping people move. I just like fitting things into a truck. <laughs> no, it was so great catching up with Chris, uh, both when he was here in town and then just now on the phone now that the tour's over with and he's about to start up that next tour. Uh, if you are in the New England area, upstate New York, Massachusetts, or Rhode Island, go see his other band, the Huntingtons, when they come to town. Uh, they're going to be in upstate New York September 16th at Koto, the sushi place in Salem. On September 17th, I'll be at that show. If we want to organize a uh, a bus trip or <laughs> like go to carpool, tweet at me, at Dead Air Dennis. And if you're closer to the Providence, Rhode Island area, on September 18th at Firehouse 13. Check them out at one of those three shows in September. Which is, what are we in, July? We're about two months away from that. So that'll be a fun time. We we can make it a So What Do You Really Do uh, podcast outing. If, you, if, if if everybody wants to get together, we'll, we'll organize some car rides. And we'll meet up a place and we'll head down to the show together if you want. Uh, if you want to spearhead that, hit me up on the internet at Dead or Dennis. Or shoot me an email, Dennis at DeadOrDennis.com. And we can organize that if you guys want to. Like I said, I'm going to be there regardless. Hopefully some of you guys come out and see them too. The uh, the Huntingtons. Very good band. Especially if you're a fan of the Ramones. Uh, they're a very Ramones-inspired band. So if you like punk rock, if you like rock and roll, if you like that that stuff, go see them on September 16th, 17th, or 18th, whichever show is closest to you. And check out the band online. Just Google the Huntingtons. Huntingtons, thehuntingtons.com. It's not hard to figure out where these things are, <laughs> how to find something on the internet, you guys. But again, Chris, thank you so much uh, for doing the interview. He's not listening. But thank you guys for so much for listening. And if you are a new listener because you popped on, I'll uh, say, last week with the Dirty Dollies or two weeks ago when we closed up Radio Week with Jackson Blue and our secret uh special bonus episode with Stephen Richard K. If you're a new listener from one of those, do me a favor. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do that because it does help with numbers and it helps uh, with the algorithms of the educators to share the podcast and leave a review if you can, please. Uh, if you're new listeners and you enjoyed anything you heard, please do me that favor and just like it and leave a review. Give it a good four-star review if you believe it deserves four stars. Uh, the reason I say this is not because I'm narcissistic and I need people to, to like me to feel good about myself. That I do need that. But uh, the reason I ask you to do that is because if you're coming here because you're like, oh, I'm a fan of the Huntingtons. I'm a fan of, of CJ Ramone. I'm a fan of the Dirty Dotties. I'm a fan of Jackson Blue and Hot 96.9 or anything like that. If you leave a positive review, that forces, especially iTunes, forces them to rate the podcast higher in recommendations and new and noteworthy and stuff like that. And it will only share that podcast with more people, put it in front of more people, and potentially more people will be able to hear the music of your favorite band that you came here to listen to the podcast for. And if you're a fan of me, hey, make me feel good and just say, hey, this host is a swell guy. I saw him at a comedy cookout. He's... You know, the, the comedy cookout was a good time, but Jesse and I, our banter at the opening show was terrible. We really need to sit down and write jokes together as a duo act. Like, we, I've done it. I was like, all right, I've imagined the conversation. I wrote it down, forced him to say it, uh, forced him to remember it, and said it, and it went fine. Uh, but we can't just naturally do banter on stage and hope it's going to go well. We really need to work on that we were the our opening thing was the only bad part of the entire show <laughs> but anyway like i said go see them the huntingtons when they're in town in september rate review subscribe to the podcast and if you need anything from me or if you want to just say mean things nice things or if you just want to say hey 
Dennis, did you hear about this news at Comic-Con? Because, by the way, it's been Comic-Con weekend, and I'm not watching live streams, and I'm very behind on all the information. Like, I, okay, I saw the Suicide uh, Squad trailers. I saw the Wonder Woman uh, trailer. I saw the Justice League trailer. The Justice League trailer. <sighs> I guess it's not bad, but I just didn't like it. it was, ben Affleck was being too... Ben Affleck. Afflecky. He wasn't being Batman. He was being Ben Affleck with a... Mummy. A, a Connecticut accent, I guess it was. Uh, which I didn't mind the accent too much in BVS, but in this trailer, it just drove me bonkers. He doesn't seem like Bruce Wayne to me in it, unfortunately. But we'll see how the movie turns out. All right, enough nerding out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care. Oh, and by the way, music month will still continue next week. Uh, my guests are going to be Sue and Nancy from the band War on Women. I'm going to give you a preview on that now. So next week, if you want to continue in with music month, or if you've heard of the band War on Women, which is a feminist hardcore punk band, uh, they're fucking amazing. And Sue is a legit sci- uh, legit um, uh scientist again so we're going to talk a lot about that next week and it's going to be very fun it was a great interview that i did with them and it was good again nancy's a friend of mine so it was good seeing and catching up with her so music month continues next week thank you so much for listening goodbye Ah.